one knows why. A mystery within a mystery. Carlo, the murderer could be anyone. Yeah. Why not? Why not me first? Three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host. The man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman. From the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood 616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican. JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 121 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, Moods. And of course, I've got my two homeboys by my side, Double Shot J, JP. And we got the NES Ruler 22, also known as Jeremy in the house. And we I'm are disappointed, very, bro. very, very proud to have with us tonight a very special guest representing the Whore Mafia podcast and Whorephilia.com. We've got Don and Nelly in the house. What's going on, players? That was a shitty intro. I'm sorry. You didn't come up with anything original, no Italian reference, no, no fucking anything. No. no I mean, no. come on, man. I told you, you, you know what's funny? I, I, it was so quick that I didn't even catch my name. Like, I was texting, and then all of a sudden it was on Don. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no, I, I literally said, Jeremy, when you were not listening, I said, I'm going to keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> That's shitty because the show's already going to be short, meaning it's going to be six hours. But it's like, come on, man. No, I don't have to do that shit every time. You know, wanted to bring in Don and Ellie, you know, without having hey. seven minutes, seven minutes of fucking shit before that. So, so yeah, Don, what is going on, homie? Hey, how's it going, you guys? It's great to be here. Yeah, man, glad to have you aboard. The reason we have Don aboard is because I was thinking to myself, well, it is Italian Horror Month, and everybody should know that, obviously, we tried to have Dave on last week for Argeno, because he was on the previous year for Argeno, and he's a huge Argeno fan. He's also, sounds like Joe Pesci, so it increases our Italian horrorness um, every year. <laughs> horrorness? <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, we should try to get other Italian people on. And then I was like, wait a minute. We literally have an podcast, a podcast that is filled with Italians on the Horophilia Network. And I was like, oh, it is the Horror Mafia podcast. It's literally called the Horror Mafia. You know what I mean? And so, which, by the way, you guys just covered Godfather, which was funny. Um, <laughs> I didn't listen to that show yet. But anyway... Uh, I was thinking, which one of these guys do I grab? And then I figured, why not grab Don and Ellie since he actually influenced this show directly? Because we were originally supposed to be doing Andre. Uh, what's his name? Bianchi. Bianchi. Andrea, you dumbass. That's what I said. I literally said that. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You got to add said Andre. You, you got to add the Italian flair to it. Yeah. <laughs> you literally said Andre. I, I literally Andrea, said. I literally thought I said. I literally purposely was like Andrea. No, uh, you said. 
you play it back, Moods, whenever you're in the end. It's find out if I'm crazy or not. I will. But, uh, yeah, so, anyway, so, Bianchi, uh, or whatever the fuck his name is. Bianchi. Know. Bianchi. Bianchi. Even though they fucking <laughs> no, I, say no, I added the A to the, the strip nude for your killer. <laughs> yeah, so basically, we were supposed to do strip nude for your killer. The bur- burial gr- grounds, burial grounds, and also see if you remember what your peepers movie. saw. Yeah, what the peepers saw. Yeah, which um, we which has been talked about on this podcast before. I actually was familiar with that movie, um, and then. When we announced this, Don actually pointed out, and this is a little controversial or, or hard to track down, but but you said, and I want to hear what, how you know this. So you said that uh, Bianchi didn't actually direct what the people saw. Right, yeah. Um, he's credited on uh, the Italian version of the film for quota purposes. Um, for those that don't know, back in, in the early 70s, Italy was still operating under a quota system for their releases. So you had to be credited for a specific number of films in order to be considered a legitimate working actor, actor, writer, whatever. And so Bianchi had to deal with the producer that he had to have a specific number of credits, and they gave him directorial credit on several films to fulfill that quota. So 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 where did you learn that? So basically they were just making shit up then. No, usually they would just have um, a friend of the writer or producer that would take the credit. Uh, it happened a lot more on the writing side than anything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of films that have a lot of credits for writers. Is that is that, you know, I've always kind of wondered, is it the reason why a lot of Italian directors have pseudonyms too? I mean, you look at Bruno Mattai who has like, he uses like three or four different names. Is it because they're under different production companies or... No, or they, or they were was, just doing. Um, they were changing their names specifically for the American audience too. Yeah, it was more of an um, attempt to placate the American audience. It was assumed that people would not be receptive to a foreign film if they realized there was a foreign crew on involved. So it was an attempt to disguise the film as an American production. Mm-hmm. So okay. you would have. Okay, so Antonio Margheriti became Anthony Dawson. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go see a film like that. You know, I don't know who this Margariti guy is. You know, the hell with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. But this Dawson guy, I'm going to go see him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's crazy because I can't imagine many people like even paying attention to that back in the 70s and 80s. Like, oh, who directed this movie? Like, you can't even look them up to see what else they did because there's no internet. You need a damn encyclopedia or something. Encyclopedia, like really? Yeah, I'm going to go look up Andrea Bianchi in the encyclopedia. Maybe well, he'll that- tell me all about who he is. <laughs> I was making a call, I was making a call back to the deep red conversation in which you said this crazy guy who drew this thing or made this music would be in an encyclopedia. Well, very much could be. I mean, <laughs> but that would be their only source of information to find out things like that. But yeah, I yeah. get what you're saying. But so, so you, I, I, I mean, I think I picked the appropriate person to come on here a little bit. Um, suggested to the guys, they agreed. Um, not me. You're really well. Not I don't Jeremy. Want, Jeremy I don't actually hates on. guests. Period. He doesn't want anybody on. Fuck that. Ooh. <laughs> he doesn't even like if he like he is a guest himself. He doesn't even. Want to <laughs> oh, well, that's true. I mean, he's not even he's not even titled in the title of the show. So I guess he, he actually he is. is. A lot of people don't know that. The only good thing about this one is at least I'm not the one that sounds like a girl this time around. So it's okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're singing back and forth now. Bing. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, the 22 right, so- and 22 shots is actually Jeremy's uh, taken from his YouTube name, which is NES Ruler, because he did not start out as a horror channel. He started out as a gaming channel for the yeah. people that did not know that about him. But yeah, he graduated little- into a man. He went from a little pussy bitch to a semi pussy bitch in the horror community. So yeah, yeah. So we'll give him the to be we'll, sem- we'll give him the twenty two. My title had to go to somebody, and at least Jerry fucking has it now, so it's okay. <laughs> so, Don, you're, I, I remember listening to the, the Horror Mafia podcast, episode one. You guys talked about your favorite horror films. Was it a top 10 list? Uh, top 15. Top 15 list. And I kept noticing that one thing kept happening on your list, and that was that you had a lot of Italian horror on there. Is Italian horror your favorite, you know, er, like, yeah, era, hands genre? Down. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, hands down. Um, for me, my favorite films would be Europe from 1960 to 1985, Italian specifically. Although, throw a good Spanish effort in there, and I'm not going to turn it down. All right. Well, that actually leads me into something that we try to do every time. Every time we have a guest on the show, well, like a new guest on the show, um, and we try to get into a little bit of five questions here. Um, so why not just do that right now? That was like a perfect leading yeah. to that. So here, we'll drop this one. Uh, I don't know if I would consider Italian horror as a subgenre of horror, but if you had to say what your favorite subgenre of horror is, what would you, what would you pick? As in like, Ooh. you know, like an actual subgenre. Um, I'm never one to turn down a zombie film. Okay. Although, throw a giallo my way and you've got my attention. Yes. Yeah, I, I was kind of figuring it was going to come up with giallo. So, on that yeah. note, being an Italian show, Argento or Fulci? Fulci. Yeah, that's my man right there. Yeah. Fulci. Yeah, Fulci. J- Jeremy, Argento or Fulci? Argento. Me too, buddy. Two on two. <laughs> two against two here, man. That's good. Damn it. Yeah, Fulci is my favorite director. So, I got to go with Fulci. Yeah. Um, sports or no sports? I follow baseball, but I'm not religious about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just watch a recap show and I'm fine with that. Yeah, I've been just finding out lately a lot of, you know, people that reside in this horror community. It, it's kind of a mixed thing. Like, there's a lot of sports fans out there and there's so many that are just like, fuck sports. You know, like yeah. me personally, man, I'm a really, really huge sports fan. I watch, you know, I watch all four of the major sports and I watch a lot of college basketball you know the uh-huh. incident. I love March Madness and shit, so I follow a lot Basketball of sports. Basketball could suck a dick. I, I, I do. Right I on, watch it. Jeremy. <laughs> right on, Jeremy. I'm with you on I, that one. Well, we actually basketball. got lucky because me, you, and Jeremy are all three pretty, pretty into sports. Like mm-hmm. I, I mean, you guys like baseball more than me. Me and Moods like MMA more than Jeremy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a little bit of a ba- balance there, or whatever, with the sports that we don't like and do like. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we're all three like really into sports, so. Which is surprising yeah. that Jeremy likes sports. Never something. played a sport in my life. Yeah, it, it is weird. Like that you like. It isn't weird that you like sports. It's it's weird that you like them as much as you do because you're you like like you know more about certain sports than me. You know, hockey, baseball. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're pretty. You're pretty. And my sports. Up, yeah, you're pretty. You're pretty intelligent when it comes to. See, I just learned that yeah. stuff so I could like talk about it and social settings even though i'm not really ever in a social setting but i could if i wanted to <laughs> i could if sort i wanted to sort of his disguise for being a man 
Yeah, that's sort of a <laughs> disguise for him being a man. You gotta, yeah, you sure. gotta have something there, man. Fall back on. Gotta have something. <laughs> but sports yeah. is always a great. It's a, it's always a great way to go in conversation, though, man. Um, yeah. Okay, so what's what's your genre of music? Metal. Metal, and what's your favorite artist and band or band? Uh, I always go back and forth uh, between Cannibal Corpse or Overkill. Okay. That's that's interesting. So you like the hard stuff. Overkilts of Campbell yeah. Corpse. Okay, yeah. Wall, wall of Death kind of music. Well, I also listen to a lot of Camelot, so I can put them in there too. I have no idea what any of these things are. You know what yeah. the Wall of Death is, JP? No. Okay, so it's a mosh. It's in a mosh pit where people stand on e- like separate sides. So one group here and one yeah. group here, mm. and when the singer of the group says go. They run at each other. As oh, fast that's like as they Tech can. Nine. Tech Nine does that shit. They I've been to Tech it. Nine concerts. A lot of people get fucked up because they're literally like a stampede running at each other. Yeah, I, that whole thing is just beyond me. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not a fan me, of that shit, honestly, dude. It's so <laughs> like, crazy. I don't. I, I'm not into that at all. Just YouTube Wall of Death. There's something. I've seen him. I've fucking seen insane. Tech, I've seen him at Tech Nine shows too. Man, yeah. I've, I've been to a Drake's. lot of metal shows in my life, and I still think the craziest one I ever went to. I seen Slayer play at the Commodore in Vancouver. This was on the uh, God Hates Us All tour. And yeah, I went I'm, to that one too. Oh, did you? Nice. And um, I was on that tour, yeah. Oh, that's cool. And um, but like I've seen a, I've seen a million mosh pits and stuff, and they get pretty out of control at times. But this one in particular was insane. Like I was watching guys literally getting their foreheads busted open. Like you could see skull, dude. It was ridiculous. People were bleeding everywhere and just going ape shit. I was like, this is fucking crazy, man. <laughs> like, like I'm that guy who's sitting back watching, drinking my beers, going, this is this is almost better than the fucking show itself. And it was I'd never seen anything so incredibly nuts. And like their fans were, you know, they they were the fans from day one. Like from the early eighties type guys. You know, like older and shit. It was blowing my mind. But but yeah, uh, well, and then what, what, what's like? What's the favorite show that you've ever seen? What's the what's the best concert you've ever been to? The first one I ever went to, um, I went to see uh, Cataclysm, Goat Horror, Macabre, My God. Napalm Death, and Cannibal Corpse at the House of Blues in Los Angeles. Dude, that's sexy, man. Cataclysm's a pretty dope Canadian band, man. I'm a big fan oh, of Cataclysm. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big yeah. fan of Cataclysm, Goat Horror. Big, big fucking fan of Goat Horror, too. They actually played here in my small little shitty town one time. Same with Cataclysm. Um, actually, yeah. I think my... I, I'm pretty fucking sure I might be lying on this, but my my boy Dylan got Dylan from the Facebook group page. He might have opened up for Cataclysm one time. His band. Cool. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fucking yeah. sure, actually. So, anyways. But, yeah, yeah. that's well, cool. So, uh, yeah, Cataclysm has a special place because they were the he- the openers. So, they're technically the first band, but I always say Cannibal Corpse because they were the headliners. And what uh, when what year was this? Two thousand four. Two thousand four. Hmm. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Uh, who's your Who's your favorite singer from Cannibal Corpse? Chris Barnes or? Um, uh, I'm Fisher. Fisher. I'm Fisher. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a really big Six Feet Under fan, so I'm I love Chris Barnes. But homos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, is this a horror podcast? Final. Uh, final well, we're getting we're, we're getting to, we're getting to know Don here, man. And okay, last question here favorite italian film favorite italian film zombie 2 nice not nah, bad worm placement <laughs> nope <laughs> I fucking well we that have was... one later tonight that'll probably give it some or give it a run for its money but no <laughs> that is uh, well we'll get to that yeah, <laughs> you guys, so I'm, you guys you, saw my post so I was gonna say, 
<laughs> I actually made that post bad worm placement. I, well, I thought of it as soon as I seen the zombies. Too. I was like, yeah. uh, I instantly thought of that joke. I need to. We need to make a, a Patreon shirt. Bad worm placement. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. It has to come out of your butthole, though. Whoa. Ooh. Damn. Ooh. So J- I know Jeremy had something to do for the beginning of this podcast, right? All right, let's do this giveaway for the month of October because I'm dumb and I forgot it. And I almost forgot again. Probably would have forgot because I really don't care about you fuckers. Just kidding. Uh, so uh, also, do- <laughs> really quickly, Jeremy, the person who won the Phantasm set... I so totally forgot to ship it out. Please, I can't. I tried to do it. I don't know who you are. I can't remember. So please re-send me your information if you're listening right now. My bad. I really do apologize. You know, what? I'll probably throw you something extra just for for waiting so long. So. All right. So we're going to be doing the other world Severin Blu-ray and suffer little children. Inner Vision DVD. All right, right, so we have 25 names. Got uh, Edgar Sanchez, Andy Salva, Tony Aurora, Rob from Buffalo, uh, Trin, Dustin Baker, Dubby Dubs, Matt That's Jankowski. not Rob from Buffalo. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You're talking about Rob from Georgia? Yeah, Rob that's from Buffalo. Him. That's not him. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. All right, so, well, some Rob then. <laughs> I think it's like Rob Hank- Hankins or something. Isn't that Rob from Buffalo? <laughs> no, dude. It's Rob Kopinski or something. Oh, uh, it's close enough. It's such an easy segment. You're fucking this up, man. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Fuck you. Do you expect anything less from me? No. Jeremy literally has to pull names from a hat this segment, and he messed it up. <laughs> uh, Matt J. Nowski, Mac Latham, Sam Edwards, Derek, Michael Fisher, James Cox, <sighs> Andrew Schroyer. Joey Plesh, Jerry the Faggot, Terry Wolf, Ben of Eli, DJ Franks, Blaine Bartlett, Marco, Amanda, Glenn, Action Jackman, and Michael Kemp. Here we go. 25. I'm going to press it three thank times you. and then whoever. What? It said, thank you, uh, Amanda. She's a new um, Patreon supporter. Technically, technically, you got the names wrong, but go ahead. How? Pi- you picked all the people that are currently Patreon supporters, right? Yeah. You were supposed to pick the people that were supporters for the last month. Ah, fuck them anyway. Here we go. Oh, well, well, that's just extra people. So there you go. You guys are all entered. All right, I'm going to press it three times. One, two, and the winner is, hopefully not Jerry the Faggot, James Cox. <laughs> that's another foreign guy. Fuck that's, my life! I love that he, he calls Jerry a he calls Jerry a faggot and then Cox wins. Yeah, James Cox good. is from Finland, I believe. Yep. Well, good thing we got Patreon money because I ain't fucking paying for it. Yeah, you can use the money. He might. He hey, maybe he'll even uh, offer to to pay shipping. Nah, Patreon so, uh, money. Yeah, we'll use Patreon. Um. So. Also, if you want to enter these contests, like literally every month, we're gonna give some shit away for for free to the Patreon people, and we'll even pay for shipping ourselves. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, next month um, is it back to me? Yep, it's back to me. I'll have to figure out. I don't know what I'm gi- giving away yet. I have to look around and see what I got. Um, I still have another Phantasm DVD set. That's if anybody wants that. 
So. Just don't give it to Jerry the faggot. Damn. <laughs> Throwing yeah. darts right. tonight, man. Yeah. All right, so... Yeah, because all those fucking out. fuckers from the freaking questionnaire got me fucking worked up. Oh, man. You even said you weren't going to get worked up about it. Because it yeah, pisses and me look off. You, and look at it, you. Tone it down. It's like, I'm not going to fucking tone it down. I, th- I think you he, amped, I think he amped up his game here. <laughs> he went from not getting all buttered to being over the top. <laughs> this is great. All right. Uh, <laughs> Good stuff. So is, is that it? Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, on that note, I guess let's move into some news. JP, we got some news this week. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Uh, yeah, I didn't, there wasn't a ton of news, but I got a few things. So, uh, the first little thing here uh, is this is a favorite anthology of mine. Trilogy of Terror is uh, coming to Blu-ray. I believe uh, it was Kino that's doing it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think so, yeah. Which Sounds annoys right. me because I, I really don't like Kino that much, dude. Like, oh, I know so that good. I know that everybody loves Kino. They're so um, good. Yeah, I don't know. I think that their cases are trash. Yeah, but it's not they're a. It's spines. who cares? Who cares about the like spines? It. It's more about the content, right? I Kino, just got a. Kino has it. such a wide range of awesome how, how content. Is, I always feel like they're, I, and I could be wrong, but I just feel like their um, special feature game is a little weak. Uh, man, no way, man. On the redemption line, a lot of those releases they'll they'll have both you know both versions of a film, you know, and, and things like. That. I mean, that's that's good shit. That's good shit to right. incorporate well, different. Types of finally, films. we'll get to watch Rivers Edge, JP. And and that's the thing Rivers I love Edge. about Kino, man. They do good transfers. I think their feature game is pretty good. Yeah, if they do have one fault, especially on, on the Kino Classics line and the redemption line, everything. I mean, at least everything is uniform. It may be bland to you, but at least it's uniform. Like, if you look at that shit on the shelf, it looks fucking sexy, dude. I mean, Does I, it, though? It just looks black and white. I, I, but it's uniform. At least it's uniform, <laughs> and it, it, it's, you know, it it has a rhythm to it. So I guess. I like oh. it, man. I mean, you know, like, you look at some labels. I mean, take Artsploitation, for instance. You can't get any more fucked up than that. right? Yeah, d- well, d- that was they just dropped the ball on that. That was not intentional. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It ain't like they they made a line of, of of things and like the intention was to get all fuckery with the numbers, like fuckery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, but that, anyway, trilogy of terror coming to Blu-ray. Uh, this DVD has been out of print for quite some time. I do have it. Picked it up for five dollars in Walmart. Hella worth it. Uh, wow. Upgrading to Blu-ray um, might not. But might eventually. I don't know. Like Probably Trilogy not. Terror, I really, really like it. But I don't know if I'd necessarily ha- have to have it on Blu-ray. Mm, uh, no. Maybe during one of their Kino sales or something. Uh, I-, I really love the Zuni Fetish Doll segment. That's really the best segment. Um, it's- it blows the other two out of the water. And I would actually really like if somebody would pick up Trilogy of Terror 2. Because that really yes. Needs yes. Yes, that's one of my favorite anthologies too. Yeah, I love Part Two. Yeah, Part Two is great. Part Two is funny because uh, the original was made in 1975, 
and the part two was made in 1996 and there's a sequel a direct sequel to the Zuni fetish doll segment in Trilogy of Terror 2. So yeah. they did a segmented sequel that yeah. is a direct sequel that picks up right after the original. But what happened if they made they a part an three and they fucking released it today? That would really be crazy. That <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's Bring happening. Back. Um, Scream Factory announced the Spanish horror film Night of the Seagulls. Is this one of the Blind Dead films? Yeah, that's part four. No, that's so what? So they're only doing one of the four then? Yeah, well, I looked at when I was there. I saw it on the release. Their look, the distributor that they used to secure the rights only had access to the to part four. Mm. They're looking into who owns the rights for the first three. Gotcha. Yeah, I saw that one because a friend of mine shared it with me because uh, he knows I'm a you know huge European horror fan. Yeah. The, um, the note said that they have that they were in contact with the supplier who only had access to part four. Okay. Yeah, I think I'll stick with my Blue Underground coffin box set DVDs. It's pretty yeah, aw- same here. Pretty awesome shit, man. Um, it's, it's so random to release like the fourth one. I know they couldn't obviously get the other ones, but <laughs> it's just like so strange for people. You know, let's pick up the fourth well, one. Well, none of them are actually sequels, right? They're just... Right. Uh, I think. Well, I mean, they're just in name only, right? I mean, yeah, they all they use the they use the Templars and all. Well, three, shit, yeah. not even in name. Yeah, I, no, not in not not in name. The Templars are in 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 them. I, I would say the one that really sticks out is the Ghost Galleon. I mean, I've that seen one that. Feels off place. It's like I've the one on the boat. I've seen that one on thirty five millimeter. I actually liked Ghost Galleon. That one's not bad. I think it's a little underrated. I, I think the cheesiness, the cheesiness of the special effects hurts it, yes. You know, it's funny because but, I always praise, like, or I always talk about horror films set on boats and things like that on the show. It's kind of a running joke. And the Ghost Galleon happens to be set on a boat and, oddly enough, is my least favorite one out of the four. <laughs> so Yeah, it, it is, but I don't think it's as bad as everybody says it is. I, 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 I like it a little bit. I, I love the setup. I think the first half is atmospheric and... I think there's some fun to be had with the plot. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a little underrated. Yes, it's the weakest, but it's only by default because the other four, the other three are so good. Well, that's kind of how I look at it, too. I always say the Ghost Galleon is my least favorite, but I don't say that I dislike it. I just said right, it's, it's yeah. definitely my weakest one out of the four. But Yeah, and I think that's the one thing I, I notice a lot of people say, just because you think it's the lowest means that you hate it. And I really don't. I think it's just, you know, sometimes there's just series where you have, you know, a film on the bottom by default because you think the others are so good. Mm-hmm. It's such a it's such an interesting franchise also because the, um, they were done in, like, sequence, too, like, in consecutive years. You don't see that very often from, like, a quadrilogy yeah. of films, right? 72, 73, 74, 75. It's pretty interesting. That's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's supposed to come out in February, I believe. And uh, yeah, after that, I I wanted to point this out. This is kind of like non-news news. And I mainly bring it up because I wanted to say something. Basically, the director of the new Hellraiser film, Hellraiser Judgment, Gary Tunacliffe, was on the Adam Green and Joe Lynch podcast. Uh Basically, I think Jeremy actually shared this article, but there's an article done by a website which I honestly don't even want to say the name to, <laughs> but like I cannot stand this website. Like I've seen about four 
at least four stories that are completely bullshit fake news like reworded words twisted completely falsified news that this douchebag on facebook i've seen him before i've even tried to point him out to other people so like hey don't listen to this fuckhead over here because he makes these articles that are fucking complete clickbait like this is literally something that bugs me to no end like i cannot stand this kind of journalism i cannot stand this kind of especially when it's dragging people's names through the mud uh the first time i noticed this guy was when that thing about john carpenter saying that the director of uh get out like should pay him money or something for stealing his concepts and stuff which was completely fake 100 percent fake um and and instead of what what happens when you post fake news from a unreliable first of all there was so many fuck-ups in this situation first of all he took a a news source from a site that nobody knew he never heard of he knew nothing about and he posted it as real news second after he found out that it was fake news what what would the next logical step to be right like take it down obviously yeah oh no don't take it down uh Let's actually just put a little blurb at the bottom that says, "Oh, turns out that this was all fake. I'll never trust that source again. I went. I didn't go. I, I should have stuck with my gut and not went with a suspect source." Blah blah. Oh, how about you post that? You can still post that message, right? Like, but why not take the article down? Oh, because it's still getting you tons of clicks, right? So you leave the article up and you put this little blurb at the bottom. When really, what you should do is take it down and post a new article that says. About that John Carpenter article I just posted. You might want to read this. But no, because he wants to click for it because it was everywhere. Uh, And then, so that was one thing. Uh, And then he posted that thing about Danielle Harris who like, um, she tweeted out an old photo of like her and like Scout Taylor Compton and like uh, Tyler Maine and somebody else. And, and said like oh this is how we feel about the new halloween movie it was like a picture of them flipping off the camera and like he turned it into this thing where it was like uh danielle harris is like complaining about the not being in the new halloween movie when literally danielle harris like came out and she did a video and she's like yeah i was just joking like it was just funny like i found this picture and it's like yeah i am a little bummed that i'm not in that movie but like I'm not like entitled like that. You know what I mean? So this guy, so this guy did that. And then now this Hellraiser thing where he literally like takes this interview and like, just like leaves off like certain words and stuff and like, and twist the title to make it seem like they're like, and what did it say? It was like, it was like animal abuse in Hellraiser judgment Question mark. or something. Yeah. Like get out of here, bro. Like, okay. So here's what the guy said um he was on the movie crypt he's like i had the most fun on that i've ever had i never have worked so hard on a hellraiser film i'd hope you didn't i think this is your first hellraiser film (laughs) Uh, but we had a great time uh we did two sequences where one actress almost passed out a scene that you especially adam you are going to freak the fuck out he continued i'll tell you off air about it and when I explain it to you, you're going to be like, Jesus Christ, involving a small dog. No, the dog doesn't get hurt, but it goes through some dot, dot, dot trauma. And when we had three grips leave the set during the sequence when they said, this is utterly screwed up. Okay, first of all, 
that does not suggest that there was any kind well, it literally says that there was not animal violence. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, the dog doesn't get hurt. Um, so that, that the dog goes through some trauma could mean anything, literally anything. It, it does not mean. So that I the guess dog the dog was, and the thing was animal abuse. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it could mean that the, the dog character, the dog, you know, the actual dog in the movie goes through trauma meaning special effects or something like that or it could mean you know the dog was covered in blood or something who knows you know what i mean but i'll tell you that this is bullshit how he worded it you know what i mean like clearly this guy was not saying that the dog was hurt straight up clickbait bullshit it's just garbage man you gotta fuck i reporting false bullshit like this is just the worst absolute fucking bullshit it's it's just it's discouraging too it's discouraging because it kind of makes people not trust even other sources at times and and it just sucks because half the time bro nobody is actually reading these articles they just see them yeah and they literally just share them around and i'm trying to tell people look stop sharing shit from this website look if you type in horror news right now it's literally the third on Google, mm-hmm. which is so sad that this fake bullshit site. So you just is think on. You just think of how many people have absorbed that information that think it's real. Yeah, they have That's almost shame, six. They have over six hundred and fifty-five thousand likes on Facebook. Holy shit! They have sixty-six thousand followers on Twitter. Yeah, a lot of people that are trusting the wrong sources, man, right there. Or believing yeah, and, it. Believing it, I should say. And and don't get me wrong, bro. There is some content on the website that is legit content. Like like there's an article out right now, the ten best horror movies from two thousand seventeen you probably haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Like that's good quality content. Yeah. Well but not it stains the sand red, that's for sure. That's not <laughs> That's definitely not fucking real so yeah so the i mean it's 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 really annoying i hate to see this happen there's not a lot of websites i I honestly trust though i mean like how many how many websites out there do you actually trust with the horror i mean honestly a lot of people hate this but i think bloody disgusting gets it right 90% 90% of the time, 98%. You know, of the time. they are definitely one of the more reliable sources, and I, I try to tell people that too. And <laughs> you know, this a lot person of- has XX on his list. Oh, yeah, really reliable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that it's reliable, I'm saying that that's a legit. Yeah, but you know what? That's that's all opinion, though. Too when you have different writers for the website, everyone's gonna have different opinions. Yeah, but who 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 in the community is saying XX is a fucking amazing movie? I think XX might have got a decent review actually, but in Rue Morgue also. But I agree, though. I agree, XX was bullshit. (laughs) Okay, so so basically, but you know, bloody disgusting. Like they get so much shit because, yeah, they are very corporate. Yeah, they they have transcended the you know basement typing uh you know fan-made horror website Mm -hmm. they've went very commercial which is fine they were the first there to do it you know they they and they were let me take that back they weren't the first they were one of the first but a lot of those people that were around back then a lot of those other websites all fell off 
bloody disgusting. It had longevity. It lasted. Um, of course, of course, there's going to be bullshit articles written. Like, somebody pointed out an article that said, like, Blair Witch is one of the greatest, you know, is going to change the, the horror landscape or something. Um, not the original Blair Witch, the remake, the, the newest film. Which, which <laughs> like, okay, that is something ballsy to say that yeah. will get clicks. Obviously, there's a tactic behind that. But also, you know, people like to take shots in the dark like that. If something yeah. affects them a little bit, they want to be like, they want to say like, oh, this is this is a this is a five out of five album. You know what I mean? This mm-hmm. is the this is the best uh, hip hop album to come out in in a decade or something. You know, because yeah. if it ends up being that, then they said it first. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's sometimes people say these bold predictions in hopes that they actually come true. Like, and then they, they are known as the guy that, that said it. But I think bloody disgusting is pretty legit when it comes to quality, not, not necessarily quality control, but fact control, you know, like sources, checking their sources, posting news. that's actually real. How often do you see bloody disgusting post news and then retract a statement? It's very rare. It happens, but it's very rare. Yeah, it is quite rare, actually. Yeah, and they're they're honestly one of the only sites that I that I absorb stuff from. <laughs> to be honest, I I well, really don't. Tr- my favorite site was Shock to Drop until they changed the, after Ryan Turk left and yep. went to Blumhouse. That's right. <clears throat> it went all downhill. That uh, was my hope. That was my baby. I loved Shock to Drop. That was my that was my place. To, yeah, I think it, yeah, man. Shock to Drop was really good actually, and then. Uh, just not not anymore, man. <laughs> it's ran by like Chris Alexander now, I think. Is that who does it? It's called ComingSoon.net. Oh shit, man! We need to run one of these mofos. We're fucking crush that shit. Yeah. Well, you, it would definitely well, be factual information te- being posted on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quality but, control, uh, man. Quality control. But yeah, yeah. It, it, but I mean the big the, the moral of the story is that there's just so many people out there that are absorbing all this false information that are like they really believe it and truly believe it and it's like oh my god like you can't correct that man you can't correct that shit it's a big problem yeah. like you see people posting in other groups and you know Facebook and other things I'm just like what the fuck I'm like that shit ain't true man <laughs> it's embarrassing <laughs> I find it embarrassing yeah it's frustrating people are anyway, gullible motherfuckers man Let's move on here. Uh, director updates us on Suspiria. New film is not a remake. Uh, so speaking with Criterion here, what? Um, which you can find on um, Criterion.com, uh, you have a conversation with the, uh, I guess the director whose name is God Dedignano. <laughs> God. Uh, Lucas Guadagnino. Did you just God call him God, Ding- God Dingo? <laughs> a Dingo ate your baby. Dude, listen, I'm so bad at pronouncing names. Like, I can't even. But well, let's Italian do it. It's Lucas Quadagnino. Quadagnino. Yeah, he said. So, yeah. this says, uh, I have three months until I finish it. It's a very special film. I'm proud of it. I wonder all the time how people will react to it, being that it's based on a masterpiece. I often find myself in the position of saying, oh, it's ridiculous when I hear stories that they want uh, to remake a movie that's like eight and a half. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to be served the same dish. 
But I can say that my Suspiria is a very personal film. It's like oxygen to me. When I saw the original movie 32 years ago, the emotion I felt was so strong, so mind-blowing, so important to my upbringing. I wanted to invest the experience I had watching that film. It's inspired by the same story, but it goes in a different direction. It explores the other reasons. Uh, it It's semantics, of course, but I think people really have to understand that this is not a remake because the word remake gives the impression that we want to erase the original and, and opposite is what we tried to do. Um, so to, what he's telling he me doesn't right say there, anything that's not a fucking remake. Yeah, like, like he literally he literally just doesn't want to call it a remake. Yeah, is what he's saying. He's not giving us any reason why. But no it's matter, not but it's not a reboot. It's not a readaptation. If he's changed, if he's he's doing his own thing. So of the source material, which is Suspiria, what does that entail? What is the word given to that? Remake. Remake. <laughs> Oh, it is. It's not. It, I mean, I understand that people are very, they're very shy to the word remake. They they're just like, eh, they, they they don't really want to accept that word. It, and it's like that it's gotten that. a bad stigma about it. Yes, it definitely has over the years. I mean, you know, I mean, the consensus is is that most remakes are shitty. I mean, but I mean, when you really look we at don't the true that. facts, but but when you really kind of break down and compare the remakes that have come out in the last fifteen years, there's a lot of good ones. Yeah, right? there's a lot of good. So, ones. I mean, if we can just yeah. try and convince people to watch a lot of these remakes and stuff, I mean, they're I'm not saying that they're better than the originals. Some of them may be, but they're still as good ones. So, I think that, you know, people just need to remember that it's not it's not a bad word sometimes. It's just it's his version of it's his vision for this idea. Yeah. Which which to me, like whether it's his re-envision mm-hmm. of Suspiria, or it's his reboot of the franchise, or it's his reimagining of the source material. To me, that all still means that he's remaking the movie. Yes. It, it, at its core, what a remake is, is it's when you take one source material and then you redo it. You do it again in your own way. That is what a remake is. To me. See, he's like, so, he's, conf- <laughs> he's confident in himself to call it not a remake but he's not confident at all to call it a different movie title or have it a different title <laughs> it's like yeah i can understand if he made a uh movie about uh, a dance studio that was ran by witches and said yeah i was very inspired by superior for this yeah um could you imagine but, if the name of the movie was dance studio or some shit like that? Yeah, it's like it's like you cut you want to get the recognition and the and the bump the 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 push that it gives you that name recognition suspiria yeah. but at the same time it's like you're playing uh you're walking the line where you, it's like you want that but at the same time you don't want to associate yourself with the fact that it is a remake mm-hmm. because you don't want the negative side of it it's like you, d- dude if you if you want that positive effect you have to take the negative effect with it yeah take the good with the bad man <laughs> but it, with, with that being said i'm actually very excited for this film i love chloe grace moretz uh i think that there is a lot yeah, of andrew does too you could do with um <laughs> He's very disappointed that Louis C.K.'s new movie is not coming out because she's in a bikini half the time and he can't go to the theater and wank off like Louis C.K. did. Is she really? Yeah, that's what I heard. It's about wow. her as a 17-year-old falling in love with... Wait, did he produce or direct or write this? All of it. 
Oh, I thought this was. I thought you were saying like his, like he was starring in it. He's in it. He wrote it. He directed it. I don't Basically. care really. I'll, I would watch it. Um, we've had this conversation a million times. I could care less. She's becoming like the. I, I know we've mentioned this before, but she's definitely becoming that remake star, <laughs> isn't she? She's done three, right? Th- this will be her third. Dark Shadows. Starring, starring role in a... Oh, four then. Or Oh, yeah, four. Yeah, shit. Because she did Amityville Horror. That's wow. not necessarily a starring role, though. Nah, you're right. Not a starring role. Not a starring role, but starring in a remake. I'll go that yeah. way. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. still three major ones anyways. Let Me In, Carrie, and, uh, of course, Suspiria. And Dark Shadows. Bro. And Dark Shadows. <laughs> so like five she was in. That's crazy. Four she was starring. <laughs> How many people can say that, that they've starred in that many remakes? Um, That's very unusual. Not many. <laughs> it's like very unusual. So anyway, uh, yeah. She's I'm legal now, so. You, yeah, I know. She's, <laughs> a, she's a very pretty girl. She we'll really be sitting, is. We'll be seeing some titties sooner or later. Uh I don't know if I how I feel about that. She still seems very. She still looks very young to me. Um, but as long as they're legal, as long as they're legal when they're taken, <laughs> I don't mind. This is. So Andrew. That she's sweet. not naked in Suspiria. It seems we all know Andrew enough. is a fucking. Yeah. We all know he he doesn't mind. I really like her too, though. I'm not like I, I'm not. Yeah, but a- a- Andrew like loves her. Yeah. So, what do you got? You guys excited for Suspiria? You would put two in the shoot and one up the poop for sure. I wouldn't say <laughs> shocker. Um, I wouldn't say I'm like you know head over heels excited. Yeah, I'm not ecstatic, but like, but I'm curious. I think I'm more curious to see it. I want to see what he does, given the fact that he has said that he has taken a different direction, kind of plot wise and stuff. So I'm assuming that he's going to flush out the story quite a bit in this one. That's cool. That I'm I'm very that's I'm very happy that he's going to take that route. I'm curious to see what the film looks like visually. If he's that influenced by Suspiria and it has been, you know, it's taken that much in his life, you know, I mean he's he's been very influenced by Suspiria. I'm curious to see how it looks. You know, yeah. if he kind of follows in that Bava Argento uh you know, color scheme and things like if he makes the film look really really beautiful and stuff. I'm curious. I'm curious. Because I mean, the critics out there are going to hammer him if it, if it looks identical to Argento's film. But yeah. who knows? What about who knows, you, Jeremy? Um, I don't know. I don't love Suspiria as much as you guys do. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, you don't, it's still a great that's, film. But like, I don't is have that like your a, least favorite Argento. <laughs> uh, out of the ones we reviewed, no. Out of the ones you've seen, what's your no. least favorite? Uh, Probably four fly, four flies. Yeah, or phenomena. Four phenom, oh. really phenomena. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, which ahead. version though? Which version of phenomena though? That's cool. Maybe you like the. Maybe you'd like the other cuts though. Yeah, uh, he watched the. Yeah, I mean, truth. Who knows? Apparently, yeah. apparently, Dave says that his theory is that I never should have watched the the profondo Rosasso cut of. Oh God! <laughs> I, I Watching don't. that is your first. I don't know how you would watch that the first time and be into the movie, right? That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, why would you watch that the first time out? Is the when you're first being exposed to the movie? Really? So you agree with Dave then? Oh, absolutely. That to me, I don't know why you would watch that. As Do you the like first Deep Red? 
Oh, I love Deep Red. It was almost on my list. That's one of my favorites, yeah. I do think that there's some problems with it, but yeah, I do love Deep Red. What do you think the problems are with that cut? Because I have absolutely no problems with it whatsoever. I actually like the longer cut, man, to be honest. To me, I think the problem is that the relationship is so hammered in that it takes focus off the investigation. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I love the investigation. I think it's great. I think it's I think it's Argento's best. But there in the t- interactions between the two, you know, her trying to show him up for his feminist beliefs. Yeah, I mean, and, and it was funny because I, mean, I, I get the I get the I get the point of it all. I know what he's trying to do, mm-hmm. and but I like the way that it does it as the deep red cut, the profondo rosso cut. I think just drags it out a little too long. Okay, this is interesting. I, I need to see the deep red cut. Then. I can see that too. Maybe. And it, it, well, it's kind of interesting because Jeremy said it was one of his favorite parts in the film. Actually, when they were having that discussion about equality and and arm wrestling about it and shit like that. And see, I don't really have yeah. that big of a problem with it either. And I, I kind of like the added comment. I can't remember is the the scenes with them in the car in the other cut. I can't. I, it's been a while since I've seen. The yeah, shorter. I'd have to watch. I'd I have to watch I, him back. To I I'm not sure if it is. It's been such a long time since I've seen the shorter cut, but. Huh. Um, but yeah, no, honestly, I, I I don't mind it at all. You know, it just adds another element to the film, and I think that's what's kind of missing from the other cut. But it depends yeah. on how you look at it. And I can see both both points of views, though, for sure, hundred percent. I yeah. can see people not well, not going, oh, really going to talk about you know women's equality rights and and how this guy's you know kind of a kind of a dick about it a little bit and stuff. I can see how people would you know not want to see that in the film for sure. That makes sense. It's yeah. not that, well, it's not that it doesn't belong there and not wanting to see it. It's just yeah. I think it's too long. It takes too much time out of the investigation. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. That's yeah. where that's where my thing is. Is that yeah. it's the scenes are so long that it interrupts the flow of the investigation. That, I think where, the flow of the movie was off for me. I think that was yeah. One of my that's complaints. you that's know, where, and it's that's what where my comes from. And it's one thing I always praise about it too because I was like, you know, for a hundred and twenty-seven minute film, I've always thought the pace in the film was, for myself at least, was really good. It's surprisingly really good which for is an weird hour because twenty-seven. Because I did feel like it was long. Yeah, like right, I, yeah. I, I remember feeling like it was like dragon, which I didn't feel in Phenomena or Tenebrae, which they're a little bit shorter, but still. Anyway. Uh, I will check that out, the deep red cut. Not anytime soon, you know. Got tons of other shit to do, but you know, I, I, next maybe next year when we get to Argenta, I'll check out deep red again and uh, check out the other cut. So uh, after that, we have uh, Darren Aronofsky's mother hitting Blu-ray just in time for those year-end lists for the people that did. Motherfucker, you take my fucking what? headline. What? What was your headline? People will be able to see it before the year-end show. Did you really? I didn't know. I honestly did not know you took that. that, that I'm, I apologize. No, but I'm I didn't know you said that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the point rings true. You will get a chance to see it before the year-end shows. I know that besides us, other podcasts seem to do the year-end show. And uh, I know Moods didn't get to see this film, so maybe he'll get a chance to see it before we record our year-end show. As well as you have... Um, tons of listeners who submit lists to us uh, to kind of calculate and do their uh, version of the the the, the fan made sort of uh, version of the top ten. Uh, Don, do you do or do you guys have one planned, or do you guys not watch enough yeah. new movies? Yeah, we're gonna try. Um, our first show in January is gonna be a best of twenty seventeen. 
Okay, so that's us too. We usually wait till after the year is wrapped. Right, yeah, that's the way we're doing show. it. Yeah. Especially for me because I'm far behind on my 2017 watches. I'm only on, um, I think, 30 or 40. Which is, honestly, dude, about this time every year, I'm at like 20. So um, this year is the first year where I've actually like kept up. And uh, I have about 52 watched. So that's good for me. Um, anyway, uh, you can check out Mother on 4K, I believe. Yep. As well as Blu-ray, HD, and digital. $99 uh, on Black Friday for a player. You mofos better buy one. December 19th. I got to get a TV first. Oh, one thing that we should probably point out. I, I swear to God, never in the history of this show... Have we said somebody something and I've gotten this many messages? I got about eight messages, I swear to God, kid you not, uh, and comments about the fact that the Xbox One does not have a 4K player. It's yeah. actually the Xbox One X or One S. S yeah. yeah, so it's funny because like, technically Jeremy wasn't wrong, but he just didn't know that... Um, the original Xbox didn't have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's funny because like I can't believe how many people messaged me about that. I was like I was like, yeah, I know. I know. Yep, I know. I was told already. I mean they're uh, ninety nine bucks. You have no excuse not to buy one now, you know. Except for the fact that I don't have a four K TV. Yeah, but you might as well just buy one so when you get a four K TV you already have it. It's not like it can't be a regular Blu ray. Yeah, though. I guess so. Um so yep, that's uh, Aronofsky's mother. Pretty cool. I've only liked that movie more and more yep. after I've seen it. Uh, this is uh, a kind of a. I think this was out there already, but I don't know if we covered it or not. Uh, basically, you guys know about Scream, the TV show. Uh, well, after two seasons, they decided to reboot the Scream series. <laughs> Uh, and basically, uh, that kind of rebooted already. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. It goes, it actually proves though. Not good. It was. Does it though? Or does it prove how good it is? They should just have Ty West. No rebooting. I think, I think they, you know, they realized where the show was going wasn't good, so they're like, hey, we need to kind of redo this whole thing. I think it kind of okay, shows that it wasn't good. Good versus successful is what I, I meant. I thought you meant good as in, like, popular. Because there it does seem to have quite a lot of fans, uh, which is why I believe that they Well, if are, you're going to have a show that's called Scream, you know, and based off the, the films, of course, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get... Yeah, but it's not based off the films Well, no, <laughs> I, I meant off the... I'm, at least it's literally just the concept of a slasher that's yeah. bit that's it's pretty with much a, with it a killer with the, a killer that's ghost face you know kind of thing but the idea is taken from the films but apparently it's, it's, they are going to be using the iconic ghost face mask in this uh reboot um which i which i don't have a problem with right because uh, american horror story does this every season they start a new story with new people. I know, but and since not- this this original story was not actually connected to the original Ghostface killings, it totally makes sense to yeah, change this. But story. when you have an when when you have an idea for a show like American Horror Story where they they had that plan from the start, it just works. People are expecting it, kind of thing. When you I do, don't, when they you, didn't have it planned from the start. They came up with it in season two, I believe, uh, when they were preparing for season two. Um, but 
Well, regardless, regardless. I mean, they still rolled with that idea. Yeah. I think with this one right here, if you do two seasons with, you know, um, a storyline and then you reboot it and changing the mask, I mean, it kind of shows to people that, yeah, this this idea wasn't working. So or we, that the story was over. I don't know what happens in season I don't, two. Well, that's the thing. I, I only got four episodes <laughs> into season two and I had I couldn't get through it, man. It was really not – it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so – I really liked I tried. season one. Uh, it wasn't great, but I dug it. So I, w- I will check out season two eventually, but I'm even more interested in season. My biggest complaint was that it was not connected into the Scream universe, mm-hmm. which I didn't like. It was like I didn't care about that whatever story as much. I don't even remember what it was. I mean, but I anyway, didn't... I wonder if – and Bloody Disgusting brought this up too. Uh, who knows if this will actually be affected by the Weinstein – debacle that's happening now because it is a Weinstein property yeah it could who knows mm-hmm. alright uh, moving on here uh, this is just absolutely dreadful news uh, potential news uh, basically Don Mancini Child's Play creator uh, and call of Chucky director he was um, he was raped by Harvey Weinstein no. <laughs> oh shit I, th- I thought that's where you were going with that <laughs> I was like, dude, this is really horrible news. <laughs> uh, basically, oh, man. <coughs> sorry. Um, Got choke on some cum. Mezco interviewed Mancini and asked about Billy Boyd returning as the voice of Glenn Glenda. And he said, all I can say is stay tuned. Oh. When he further asked about the Child's Play series, he said, what? expect the unexpected. Though not as unexpected as say Chucky not being in the movie, I'd say you can expect that. Um, so, I just want to say this. So Glenn Glenda's back. Nice. I know well, he said that with Colt, and it never happened. So he didn't say that. We hey, had this discussion a while ago about it, bro. What did he, he say? said it on Twitter? We had a long discussion about. No, he said he posted it. He posted a picture of Glenn Glenda on Twitter, and people speculated that he was in the movie. That's what happened. Yeah, it was all publicity bullshit, man. It got people fucking talking and buzzing about the film. Glenn Glenda, Glenn Glenda, share, 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 Glenn Glenda, right? No. So it was fucking perfect. Yeah, dude. It was, I just think he was else? like literally. He just literally likes that character so much. He's like, oh, check out who's no on the set. No way, something. dude. There's no way that was totally calculated. You don't just randomly post a picture of a character that everyone hates. But he always you know. does. But but that's the thing, Moods. Everybody doesn't hate him. He says there's just as many people that love Glenn Glenda as there are that hate them. Dude. You. Right here. Really? You love Glenn Glenda. <laughs> Not love, but I do find him funny. <laughs> Holy man, dude. Well, I would expect that shit off. out of Jeremy's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I have a thing for that kind of stupid humor. I, I don't think he's the funniest thing ever, but I do chuckle at some of his lines. Okay, let me ask you oh, something, man. Does Glenn oh. Glenda look like David Bowie? Was I right about that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, I know. I, I, yeah, I was amazed at how many people were like, "Yeah, dude, he totally looks like David Bowie." <laughs> yeah, <No>. he does. <laughs> it's oh, like God. David Bowie got raped by a Pinhead. <laughs> That's awesome. Good uh, shit. Anyway, my thing is, dude. Like, I. I just, I just don't like. Honestly, like, I, it doesn't surprise me. Like, look where the series went with the last one. Like, I think that we all, us three, came in at like a, a low rating, perhaps or whatever. But really, what 
that rating represented for me was really just my anger towards the series and the way that it's going again. Because after Cult came out, or after Curse came out, everybody was so excited. It's like, oh, Child's Play's back. Like, they're doing the right things until the very end of it. And they're like, that was kind of weird. But oh, well, forget it because the, the movie was still pretty good and stuff. And it's like, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, we're just like so in like a direction that I don't want to be. And it's like, we like, look where we were two years ago with cult or curse of Chucky. And we were like, so ecstatic and already in this quick turnaround, we're already back to feel in the way we used to feel. This is, um, cult of Chucky is definitely one of those films that has, you know, opposite end spectrums, man, of fans. Like I've heard some people say it was the worst film, one of the worst films they've seen all year, and other ones praising the shit out of it. We were kind Listen. of in the, we were very much in the middle. But I just have a problem what they're going to do with this because it's just it's gone so out of the realm, out of the world, and it just seems like they're leaning towards like a bigger, like the idea is going to be bigger than they can actually produce. That's what you I'm know, scared for. That's what I'm scared let, for. Let me tell you this: I have the biggest pet peeve in the world, and it's when people Jeremy? say, Jeremy. it's when people say leatherface is the worst horror film of this year or like so many times child's play is the or call of chucky is the worst is the worst horror film of this year like it drives me crazy because i'm like i'm like dude you guys aren't even watching the shit that wild eyes putting out this year you guys aren't (laughs) even watching the stuff in the red box that comes out this year you guys aren't even watching the the marathons of cgi shark infested films that are airing on the side hey which are which is don and don l (laughs) top 10 right now yeah what i'm saying hey (laughs) easy (laughs) look at me he's a (laughs) He's offending our guests right now. (laughs) But my point is is that people aren't even seeing the lesser quality films out there. And they're saying that stuff like Leatherface is the worst horror film of the year. Like, dude. Like, okay, Leatherface, you might not like it. It might not be your cup of tea. But it is nowhere near the worst horror film of the year. Like, dude, has anybody watched Freshwater? What the fuck is that? It's like a killer crocodile movie I've seen this year. And I rated it like a 2.5 out of 10. You know what I mean? Like, those Fucking are the worst. Sack things. giving yeah. Happy Death Day a 1 out of 10. <laughs> suck my gonads. Anyway, that one great out of 10. Over. Uh, I think that we could all say that we're not excited about where the Child's Play films seem to be going. Goddamn Don Mancini. <laughs> that's, a little, that's a little frustrating, man. Did you like Call of Chucky Dawn? Yeah, I did. I really liked it. Um, I only had an issue with the fact that Andy had no reason being in the film. Yeah, he had to grab the gun out of that doll's stomach for whatever reason. Yeah, but I'm saying I thought <laughs> that character should that character had no reason to be Andy. Well, they they should have done more with him. Yeah, exactly. Because he has no reason in the he has no reason to be there. You take him out, and the film can the film has the film doesn't change at all. I think I think you're actually right. It literally doesn't change at all. No, I I think I think the reason why Andy is there is to set up the Kyle to set the next film to set up the Kyle angle. Right. Right. I think without I think without Andy, then just I mean, obviously, the Kyle angle would work, too. If it was not, it doesn't really matter. But it makes more sense if she's showing up at Andy's house at that point. 
Right? Yeah, but yeah. what is what's the point of setting up the Cal Kyle angle if you're not going to use her either? Probably. Well, I mean, I'm assuming. I mean, <laughs> they did it. I mean? They did it with Cult. I mean, they set up the Andy thing, and then you know, at the end of this one, they they kind of reverted back to you know setting things up with Kyle. So I, I'm assuming that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. They're going to use her. When they put Andy in and Curse in Curse, they put him in at the end as a stinger. They never had him as the main character throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they yeah. they put a stinger like oh shit Andy's coming back and then you get the movie with Andy back and literally the only thing that he does is bring a shock scene where he's torturing the Chucky head but you find out Chucky's still at the you know what man you know what man it's just it's great marketing by Mancini though really you bring back a character from the original ones it's like a nostalgia thing you want to see the next film to see what Andy's character is going to be yeah some people were a little bit disappointed that his character wasn't flushed out more a little more excited but at the same time like I don't think that the people that are excited about Andy coming back are not going to see the film if Andy wasn't there. Like those people were already seeing the film. Oh, of course, of course, but it's just it's like an added bonus, right? To yeah, see I that was character. a little bit more excited. Yeah, exactly. But, I was really stoked so to see Andy, and it was should have did something with him. Yeah, I mean, at least you know. <laughs> I mean, at least he's there. Like I, I, I'd rather have him there than not there. But who knows? But we might get. I'd rather have a lot of not. Shit happened. We might actually get a whole leading story with Kyle. Who knows? Probably not. We don't. But... Yeah, probably not. But you, you never know. <laughs> but I mean, uh, we don't know. I mean, if Glenda's coming back, who the fuck knows what's going to happen with this next one? I mean, let's let's put it into perspective here. The idea that they've left us with the mythology that the Child's Play franchise has turned into is is insane. It's horrid. Like I think, I think the next one is going to be like a like a deal breaker for the franchise, oh. man. Because I mean, if it ends up being like another seed of Chucky, I can't bullshit, stand what they did with the multiple Chucky's. It's just, I, I it. love that. I thought that was hilarious. See, I'm but, all but for changing it, the mythology. It's hilarious, but but it doesn't make play sense. Shouldn't be it, hilarious. Yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't make it doesn't sense. make sense. And that's, that's the thing the about problem. the Child's Chief, Child's Play franchise I've always enjoyed is that they have changed the mythology very subtly throughout the franchise, which is cool. You know, they've kind of done these things, but and yeah, all the way up to cult. But they changed it so much that it kind of, it, it literally makes you scratch your head. You go, well, what the, f- like, where can you go from this? Well, what can you do just with explain this? The, just explain the one plot hole that if this information exists online, yeah. why can't anybody do it? And why is there not more people doing exactly. it? Exactly. Makes no yeah. sense. Makes no sense. <laughs> Um, so finally here for the news, this last little piece, uh, I got a press release about this and I wasn't even excited until I read something. Uh, so day of the dead bloodline is set to unleash on January 5th, 2018. So this is very well might be along with insidious war, the very first horror film you see in the 2018 season. Uh, now, Day of the Dead Bloodline, got to change the title because there's already a Day of the Dead. There's already a Day of the Dead again. Uh, so you <laughs> can't have three Day of the Dead, so we got to change the title a little bit. Day of the Dead Bloodline. Doesn't mean it's a sequel. Probably not. Doesn't mean it's a remake. Probably not. It's probably just capitalizing on the name, uh, honestly. But it was marketed as a uh, remake of sorts. We'll see how much it actually has to do with uh, the original film. But one thing that I will say is that I think that it's cool that this director, Hector Hernandez Vicens, is directing this film. Does anybody know who that is? No. No. Right. It is the director 
who directed the film in which I talked about last week on the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast, episode number 20, <laughs> The Corpse of Anna Fritz. So, oh, that's why I recognize the name. I was like, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of cool that, that this guy, you know, I'm anxious. Like, I liked Corpse of Anna Fritz hmm. enough to want to see what this guy is going to do next. And turns out it's Day of the Dead Bloodline. So we'll see where it goes. Am I having high hopes for it? Absolutely not. I mean, I don't even have, like, I would be happy with a 7 out of 10 just because I. I just feel like this movie was announced so long ago. There's been no production stills, anything, anything at all. Um, the producers also just produced the Leatherface sequel, prequel. So uh, we'll see where this one ends. I hate up. how this film has been in production for so long and we don't know if it's a sequel or a remake or what exactly it is. That bugs the shit out of me, man. Well, we have this. This is all we have. Day of the Dead Bloodline is set in a post-apocalyptic zombie-filled world where a former med school student is tormented by a dark figure from her past. The only thing, he's half human, half zombie, hell-bent on destroying the world. To me, that sounds awful, and it doesn't sound like anything like a remake of Day of the Dead. So it's not even the same plot. So it sounds like like a far-in-the-distance like, sequel based off... Yeah. The only piece of plot is that it also happens to do has to do with a post-apocalyptic zombie filled world <laughs> that's the only thing that that got my attention was post-apocalyptic that was really the only thing <laughs> and that is it <laughs> for the news okay fucking thing sucks alrighty so getting into mood swings and the DVD and blu-ray releases for what are we doing? November 14th, 2017. First up here, we have... I think we brought this up on the show last week. Uh, this is the new Amityville film, The Awakening. We did talk about this it's last week. It's all we? right. I liked it. Yeah. It's a lot better than its reputation, than its treatment is warranted. I liked it, yeah. too. Yeah, it was cool, man. It wasn't bad. It was better than half of them, at least. Okay, so so I'm looking at yeah. I just a couple notable things here. I, I noticed that Jennifer Jason Lee's in the film, and yeah. it's, it, and it's also PG thirteen. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Damn, it's crazy. Well, that's interesting. And it's also from um, the producer of Split, Get Out, and The Purge, and we love to see that on covers, don't we? Isn't that awesome? Fuck, I hate yeah, that shit, man. It's Bl- is is it Blumhouse? Yeah, it must be. It has to be. Yep. That's so that weird. Why? So why did that happen? Don't know. No. Wasn't it? Wait, or was it Weinstein Co. with Blumhouse or something? Weinstein Co. Polaroid Blumhouse too. It does say Lionsgate? It's up. Is it Jeremy? Yeah, yeah. you see the BH Tilt logo in the beginning. Oh, huh. Blumhouse. Okay. Well, new Amityville film. I'll definitely check it out. I usually watch most of the Amityville films for whatever reason. I, I don't. I don't really know. Um, next up here from Scream Factory, we got Attack of the Puppet People on Blue Rizzle. Yes, Attack of the Puppet People. Very very cheesy film. Have you seen this one, Don? Yeah, um, probably three or four years ago. I don't remember much though. That sounds about right. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not one of the best of those 50 sci-fi films, but I can understand the appeal. 
Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Uh, from Arrow, we've got the George A. Romero Between Night and Dawn box set, Blu-ray box set, which contains Always Vanilla, or There's Always Vanilla, Season of the Witch, and The Crazies. Uh, yeah, the Region 1 is just coming out. I'm not sure why. I think we talked about this before, but I actually have the Region 2 one already. Uh, I did watch The Crazies, and uh, the transfer looked good. So that's a plus. I have nothing to compare it to because I didn't have the Blue Underground Blu-ray. Did you? Let me ask you this: so, Did you get discs for that from from Arrow? Um, I did get. Yeah, I got the the screener okay. copies because they didn't. They did not send uh, the full version out to anybody, as far as I know. Oh, like all so three. Films? I, and I figured they wouldn't because um, I feel like that name with him dying recently would probably sell him without any press at all. You yes, know what I mean? So exactly. I kind of figured that I didn't watch those. I, like I said, I got my region two box set in from arrow and uh, yeah. So I watched it like that, but that makes sense. They usually don't though. You know, when they put out a box set, like I'll get like one or two of the three films. I think arrow seems, or the screeners seem to come like that. Anyways, I don't know. Um, but yeah, like I said, it does look good. Got to support it, man. George A. Romero, rest in peace. Awesome box set. Get it while it's still here and available. Because you know it's going out of print sooner than later. Um, also from Arrow, we have the Hellraiser Steelbook. Dropping. Region 1. It says here on Amazon, it is $26.71 for it. Damn. That's crazy, man. Not going to lie, don't like the artwork. You guys- yeah, it's just like him him in the shadows, right? With like his head down or some shit like that. Doesn't that well, look Arrow like- is known for putting out atrocious artwork, so I mean the Driller Killer still book's pretty dope. Yeah, but it's also the original cover though, too. I right? know. I think that's cool. Yeah. This one right here, I, honestly the, the the front cover looks like it should be the back cover. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That should be the back. It's kind of strange. I don't know. Not I mean, honestly, I've said many times on this on this show that uh, I'm not a steelbook collector. It doesn't interest me whatsoever. I have the other box sets, so fuck the steelbooks. But if you're interested, pay your twenty six seventy one. Support some arrow, right? Uh, next up, from one of my favorite companies and uh, JP's favorite company also, and Kino with Night Kill. <laughs> this one oh. I actually know nothing about. I've never seen this one, but it does have Robert Mitchum in him in it, so that's pretty damn cool. You know anything about this one, Don? No, I I can't say I have. Yeah, man, I love the I love the the artwork on this, so it looks fucking sexy. It's pretty awesome shit. And my pretty much one of my most anticipated releases of the year, Volume Paul 1 2. Volume 1 is I mean, it's still sitting in my number 1 spot. Of all the cool releases that come out this year, Phantasm Arrow box set, tons of cool Arrow releases among releases and shit. Paul Nashie Collection 1 is still sitting in the top. But now we got Paul Nashie Collection Volume 2. What what would make why Paul Nashie box set over the Phantasm set? Oh, dude, it's just I've been waiting for a couple of those films to come out for so long. And, you know, I mean, I could watch the Phantasm films anytime. I mean, if we're looking at like, you know, straight, uh, you know, appeal in the sets themselves, you know, the, the box set, you know, the arrow set with the with the um, uh, the figure and stuff like that. It's cool. Versus the Screen Factory, which is your standard kind of four disc set kind of thing. The packaging in the Arrow one murders it, but you know, it's the films themselves. I've been waiting for those forever. Yeah. It is. I get excited. I mean, Phantasm is for me 
Like, I was waiting for those movies to come on Blu-ray since I got a damn Blu-ray player. Mm. So that that one probably is my favorite set of the year, but I don't know. You didn't grab the Arrow one, did you? No, I'm talking about the Well Go. Oh, the Well Go, yeah. The Well Go? The Well Go. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> but whatever. I got the Arrow one. It's, it's all good, man. I, I, I It's a nice set, man. I, I mean, I can't just... You know, I can't say anything bad about it, but it's just when you're when you have a lot when you have a lot of movies, man, and shit that's getting released for like the first time, it's a big fucking deal, right? That's the way I look at it. So, Paul Nashie's Collections Volume Two, super super stoked, man. It's gonna be totally awesome, man. But we're waiting for the Werewolf and the Yeti. It's one of the last video nasties that I need from Section One and Two list. So that enough right there has got my penis extremely hard. <laughs> Not gonna lie, not gonna lie, and uh, yeah, same here. Yeah, same man. here, man. I, that's one I've. Been, that's one of the few I've in my missing my holes. Mm-hmm. My collection, yeah. I haven't. I haven't seen that one yet, and I'm dying to see that. Yep. Um. Yeah. It's just another one off. I need three more, which they all three of the films that I need from those video nasties list don't even have releases. So hopefully one day. I mean, I always thought that even this film wouldn't come out. You know, forever, I was like, when the fuck is that shit going to come out? Not coming, not coming. It did. Bless the gods over at Screen Factory. Release of the week, hands down, we got to go with... Romero. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, man. You know, upon kind of thinking about this, and I'm like, what the fuck do I do here? Paul Nashie Collection, which is fantastic stuff, versus the George A. Romero... I mean, both are expensive sets. I mean, you're not going to be, you know, getting these things for super cheap. I guess it all depends on how you look at this. Um, but it's my choice. I'm going to go with the Paul Nashie Collection Volume 2 um, for the reasons I stated before. We're getting some films for the very first time on Blu-ray here uh, at a pretty reasonable price, too. Um, nothing against the Romero box set, obviously, but uh, both great releases. Go and support both of them. And uh, how would you guys... How would you guys have gone this week? Uh, Romero. Well, obviously. Yeah. I would have been with you. I would have taken the Scream Fact- uh, Factory. You know what? It's so nice to have somebody side with me for once. <laughs> oh, you, you're, fuck just, you. you're evening up shit here, man. Jeremy sided with you me. last week, dude. No, no I. <laughs> about what? To be fair. Red, oh, the deep, deep red. red. Oh, yeah, deep red. Yeah. Yeah, fucker. Makes sense. Makes sense. But yeah, man. I you mean, see, he only notices when it's it's him versus us, but yeah. never notices when it's y'all versus me. And he doesn't notice that it has too much blurriness, you know. Oh my god. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways, those are the <laughs> DVD and Blu-ray releases for November 14, 2017. Yes. Now Let's... it's time for everybody to take their regular nap. Jeremy, go ahead. With dead mail, let's get into it. You've got mail, fucking asshole. <laughs> you could go join Jerry the faggot. Okay, <laughs> jeez, with the faggot tonight. Wow, man, our show's like gonna get banned. One, no, it's my third one. Third one. Uh, Fangoria number one hundred and seventy-two from J- Jeremy had a beer tonight, guys, and he thinks he's hard all of a sudden. <laughs> Holy Christ, I didn't even think about that. He had a he had a pretty high volumed IPA here and now he has to read a bunch. Holy shit. This should be pure comedic genius here. It'll be fine. Fangoria number one seventy two 
from May 1998, and we have uh, Species 2 on the cover. Twice as deadly, wait till you meet her boyfriend. Uh, Godzilla, City Smashing Preview. Uh, Kevin Williamson on Halloween 7. Yeah. Uh, Millennium, Lance Henderson Speaks. Uh, Creepy Crawler, Kingdom of the Spiders. And The Ugly, the year's most shocking film. All right. So, what year was that from? This is from May 1998. All right, let's see. I'm going to go see The Ugly. It better be the damn most shocking film from 1998. Yeah, this one comes from Troy. (laughs) He said it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. From Detroit, let's go. Troy Donaldson from Burnaby, BC, Canada. That's your hometown, Moods. What did you? Where did you say? Did you say Burnaby? Yeah. Oh wow, that's yeah, that's really fucking close to me. Wow. Maybe you know him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah, there's got to be Troy only like two horror fan fans in that country. In BC, it's not a country; <laughs> it's a province. You dumbass. No, I meant the country. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, he says, I recently went to see the Scream sequel, and I thought that Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven both did a good job. The opening scene with Jada Pinkett and Omar Epps was almost as scary as the one with Drew Barrymore in the original. There was only one thing. I did not agree with the death of Randy, played by Jamie Kennedy. In the first movie, Spoiler alert. all the key... In the first movie, he knew all the key elements necessary to survive a horror movie, even if he didn't know much about surviving sequels. He played a major role in these movies, and I was hoping he'd be around for the third film. Also, at the movie's end, when the credits roll and the camera is backing away from the college, I thought I saw an image in the window. I was wondering if this was an introduction to Scream 3, or or I was just seeing things. You were seeing things, bro. (laughs) Um, it was dude, adding to the cliche, okay. man. Of course, he had to die in the fucking sequel, man. It was it was set up like that. Listen, it I been never ever, listen. I'm a huge. I love Scream. Okay, uh, I'm I'm as into Scream as the next guy. Oh, sorry. Uh, greatest horror film of 1996 by far, um, and it is a fantastic movie. However, I never understood the love for Scream Two. Now, I like Scream Two. I like Scream 2 a lot. But to me, when people talk about Scream 2 and they're saying that it's like up there with Scream 1 and all this shit, I'm like, you were, I don't know how. Like, I've never thought it was anything better than just a good Scream film. Like, it's not anywhere near the magnitude. But, but don't you of think it's Scream. very much like the first one just played off as, like, you know, the sequel rules and stuff? It's what, 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 no. The only thing that's li- it's like the first one is the plot. Yeah. It's just a similar plot about, you know, references and... and well, and, that's uh, what I was referring to, like, the narrative but, to the film. But what makes Scream so amazing is not that. It's the it's the reveals. It's, like, the, the whole end scene with Billy and uh, Sydney. Oh, um, man. You know what? I, Stu, it's... I it's respectively the, the opening scene disagree. in Scream 1 is one of the greatest opening scenes ever. No. The that ba- the best thing about scene Scre- is no. nothing no. compared to it. No, the best thing about Scream is Dewey. Move it along. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Officer Doofy reporting for duty. <laughs> yeah. Uh. All right, this one comes from Patrick S. Halleck from Sydney Center, New York. 
He writes, uh, Scream was a bril- Scream was brilliant, a wonderful mix of satire and occasional scares. I dare to say it will become a classic thanks to its style and memorable scenes. The intense opener, the expectational twist, two killers, and who could forget the infamous rules scene in which Randy explains how one could successfully survive a horror film. This brings me to the point of this letter. Randy, who so greatly represented half of this film's core audience, who stood for all the misunderstood video geeks of the world, who is the spirit, heart, and soul of this would-be trilogy, how the heck is there going to be a Scream 3 without him? Who's going to be the theorist? The one who draws us in with paranoid possibilities. I don't think it's Dewey, Riley, Gal Weathers, or Sydney. They're all right, but a screen without Randy is like Star Wars without Han Solo. Scooby-Doo without Shaggy. Heck, it's X-Files without Mulder. And what's up with Dole as a rice cake self-centered cotton wary becoming the big hero of the sequel? Randy, with his long-grown affection for Sydney and his know-how of scary cinema could have made a much better savior. Heck, I'll bet he was one of the most faithful consumers of your magazine. All the sequel did was rehash what the original was about. How about something as clever as Scream was, like having three killers or a copycat inspired by the film Stab? How about Sydney finally snapping and doming the mask herself? The killing of Randy was as pointless and disappointing as the deaths of Hicks and Newt at the beginning of Aliens 3. So unless Randy comes back <laughs> like Ripley... Newt. Leave the sequel to James Cameron. Or even better, for number three, how about a fan of the first film? Disappointed with the sequel, giving the cast, director, and writer obscene phone calls. Like how you redeemed Freddy, Mr. Craven. Break the fourth wall. Okay, first no. up, first of all, first of all, I didn't understand a fucking word you said the whole time, Jeremy. You're slurring your words. Drunk <laughs> bastard. A little bit, a little bit. Um, no. So I think that it is fine to kill off characters. Nobody should be immune from being killed off. <laughs> However, I mean, I, I like Randy. He's probably my favorite character. Um, he's awesome. He represents us. So it would be cool if he were in the film. And he was in Scream 3, kind of. Um, but I think that when you say, you know, not to kill off a character, I think it's such a bad look. You know what I mean? I, it's like... It's like, I want to think that that character could die because, you know, it makes you feel like that they can actually fucking die and that you can, you know, there's suspense to that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really agree with that dude's letter too much, honestly. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Sean Provost from Kitchener, Canada. Kitchener, Ontario. Woohoo! Representing tonight, man. Damn. He he writes, ever since Aliens came out on video, I wanted to see an alien film in the theater, and I just witnessed the resurrection. What a comeback. Josh Weldon and Gene Pereira do not. These films have always brought great expectations, and resurrection was terrific, to say the least. I have to congratulate these guys for the ideas and intense, intensity of Alien Resurrection. What I really enjoyed and felt to be respectable was that Aliens 3's story was not ignored. Ripley's, as well as the Aliens' personalities, are by far the most versatile and interesting in the series. My writers also made quite an impression on me, and I was very surprised to see how much gore and mutilation the film had. The MPAA must have slept while viewing this one. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I I like Alien Four. Oh, it's, a, it's, it's a bad, good movie, man. I have fun with it too. I don't think it's that bad, honestly. It's not great. 
It's not great. David? Super fun. Don, you like this one, though, don't you? Or you don't? I heard you no. Oh, you don't like this one? <laughs> no, this one is awful. Did it not? I had okay. to be... I had to mute my mic from laughing the second he started. I would have been laughing through the whole thing. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you don't mute, mute your mic. Yeah, you don't On mute. this show, you don't mute your mic. Just let it go. Uh, <laughs> we're very, see, the thing is, we're very professional, and that, that's how we roll. Yeah. <laughs> right? so, um, I've been laughing the entire thing. That I cannot stand Resurrection. That movie is awful. So let me well, ask there you I say I like Resurrection better than Part 2. Let me ask you something, Don. Was, <laughs> was the CG in Resurrection too good for your taste, or am I just... Stretching it. <laughs> it, was one of the re- it was one of the reasons, but I just think that movie is just awful. Huh. I think it's actually. Well, how I do you feel about Alien Three? I used to hate Resurrection, but upon rewatching it for the show that we did, I actually really kind of enjoyed it. It was maybe because Part Three is just—I don't know. Not it's, good. It's, it's kind of dismal. I love be, Part Three. I'll be honest. Man. I like, have seen not... Three in long enough to really remember. I saw maybe 2000 2001 and that was the only time i've seen it Mm -hmm. so it's been way too long i know i don't know enough about it to really recommend three but i cannot stand resurrection that thing is awful well there's another one here written about it mason fix writes i freely admit that i'm one of the few people to have liked a lot alien three it flew in the face of most summer fare, and its box office take and critical reception proved that fact. But what of the new Alien film? Most pundits probably said, why bother? Others who have audacity to crave horror sci-fi felt the new one was justified. It was not. Writer Joss Wenton, who should be lauded for making a TV hit out of his once lambished Buffy film, is one of the culprits who should be singled out. After having breathed life back into fam- into the vampire genre, why did he feel he needed an amogram of the first three Alien films in this installment? We have the claustrophobic trappings of Alien, the militaristic crew of Aliens, and the downbeat and ambiguous tone of Alien 3 all in one. He says he's proud of the fact that no one else touched his script from inception to completion, but he has acknowledged or been inspired by Dark Horse's Alien comics, which has been toying with the same kinds of ideas found in Resurrection for years now. Maybe his screenplay would have been more delivery than setup. Was it a matter of studio interference or maybe the pressure of being the salvation for the series? Who knows? He may have seemed a fine visual choice for the new installment, but his direction lacks something. The interesting promise of the opening sequence the off-kilter performance by Signorga Reaver and his lovely set design and improved <laughs> steam-lined aliens were waylaid by the all-too-familiar supporting characters, the shifts in tone and gaps in logic, and probably one of the worst creations that Tom Woodruff Jr. and Alec Gerlis will ever lay claim to. <laughs> was it because of not having Junette's partner in crime, Mark Caro, on board that something was missed? Was the language barrier more of a factor than all the stories from Alien Resurrection's cast and crew led us to believe? Who knows? Jeremy, what did I tell you before? If you can't say Sigourney Weaver, just say suck my horny wiener. (laughs) (laughs) It flows so much better. (laughs) He's probably too bombed. He can't even remember that either. (laughs) Suck my horny weaver. I'm not bombed. Dude, it's just he just said suck my horny weaver. He, see, he is bombed. Again. Suck my horny wiener. <laughs> oh, oh shit, man! 
So, <sighs> yeah, not much. I don't have much to say on that, dude. No. Jim O'Rear, he writes, almost two years ago, I acted in a fun horror movie with Robert England, Chris Sarandon, and Amanda Plummer titled The Vampire Wars. Since that time, I have lost touch with the production company and have not heard any news about the film's release. It was rumored that some type of legal battle came up over the script, causing a delay in the release. Have you heard anything about the Vampire Wars or when we might see the finished product? Do you know anything since this movie ever came out? I don't know. I've never seen it, if it did. Wow, I've never heard of it. So. I mean, but fun horror movie. But Chris probably Sarandon, a fucking background actor. Chris Sarandon and, and Amanda Plummer in that one? Wow. That's uh, Fangoria writes, we were barred from covering Vampire Wars during its production. The last we heard, the film had run into money problems and has yet to be completed. Wow. So that's an unreleased film, probably. Hmm. Yeah. Robert England. No and Rob, shit. And Robert England. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. What year do you think that was? 1996 or something? Yeah, like 95, 96, maybe. All right. Uh, last last one here uh it's from phil coppola from bradford massachusetts he writes first off i want to say that i've been more than pleased with the superb job you've been doing second i have a question i hope you can answer when a stranger calls is one of my favorite movies especially due to the classic opening the first 30 minutes are fantastic the line where trace the call is coming from inside the house should go down in horror history now I've heard that director Fred Walton based this movie on a short he directed called The Sitter. Friends and family told me that they saw this movie a while ago, and I was wondering what it is. Is it a segment from an anthology? Is it an episode of a horror series like Tales from the Crypt? Was it a special on TV? I'm dying to know, and can you tell me how I'd be able to see it? And Fangoria says The Sitter played theaters back in the 70s, but is currently unavailable commercially. So, so the Vampire Wars does have a IMDb page where it has a 5.9 rating with 36 ratings. Uh, however, I can't find anything else about it. There's not even a single review for it. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder if it ever had a yeah, like a media release. It's interesting. So that is the letters. Let's see what kind of releases we have coming out. Uh, let's see. We talked about these. <clears throat> I don't think there's any actual tapes this time around. Might have to actually go into the back and look up. I know I'm just pissing off moods now with the fucking page crumpling. The, the pages, so. yeah, yeah. Doing, I'm just what gonna throw doing? some pure laughter over this, anyways. Just sound effects in there. Maybe a fart right. noise. Maybe a the guy video eye. We have uh, <laughs> the prophecy two from our good friends Mr. Weinstein um, Habita- Habitat uh, The Fish is Sweet oh that looks horrible um, The Creeps from Full Moon and Bram Stoker's The Mummy did wow. I say it right this did time? you just say yeah, that wow yes yeah. I said it right apparently alcohol time. has a reverse effect on him She's such a dick face <laughs> starts pronouncing things properly <laughs> Uh, fucking asshole. Alright, laser discs. We have uh the Evil Dead 2, which is the blood red edition, which is awesome. Um Zombies Fulci, Daughter of Darkness, a Wishmaster Spawn, 
and Mommy's 2, Mommy's Day, with Patty McCormick. The fuck is this movie? Daughters of Darkness, man. That's some good shit. You like that one, Don? Uh, which one? The... Because there's like t- two or three films with that title. I'm thinking the one I'm thinking of is the very sexually explicit lesbian one kind of thing. <laughs> oh, the good one? Yeah, the good <laughs> oh, you're one. talking about Massacre? Yeah, yeah. No, no it God must be darkest. the good one then. Yeah. Yeah, because I know the one from uh, Stuart Gordon in the 90s also had that title. Oh, no, definitely not the Stuart Gordon one. I'm talking about the one from the 70s. Yeah, I know the good one then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good shit. That's it. Yeah. All right. That's that. It. That's it. There's no laser disc. Nothing. That's what I just said. You fucking dumbass. Well, fuck. I was talking, man. I didn't hear you. Come on. I said they were laser discs at the beginning. Those were all laser discs. Again, I wasn't listening. No, it's okay, Jeremy. I know. I heard you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck you. Sorry, man. I was looking at porn. All right, so that's going to do it for Dead Mail and... Sorry, I didn't know that fucking girls blowing dogs is a higher priority than the show. Of course it is. (laughs) That that goes without saying, right? All right. Was this the one with Jerry? I think Jerry's in one of those. (laughs) Man, the tally. I wish they could just keep a tally on this, just bing it every time you bring him up to rip rip on him. Good shit. (laughs) Making us watch the hip-hop witch, so... The hip hop witch, get it right. The oh, hip hop witch, yeah. A shadow in the night. Footsteps on the stairs. The sound of death. <laughs> Girl, I'm afraid. What am I supposed to do? Magda, get that film. It's a special infrared film. Get it and develop it. Hurry. Oh, yeah. The time has come for some featured reviews. Second week here on Italian Whore Month. Yeah. You guys excited? Two in the pink and one in the stink. Oh, yeah. Um, Not overly excited. That's what these movies are. There's two in the pink and one in the stink. There you go, man. What are you talking about? We're, we're ready to shock these motherfuckers, man. You know? All right. I mean, we... there's a reference at the end of one of those movies that has that, and then for real, two of these movies are in the pink and one's in the sting. Well, it's not. Well, necessarily... Is the pink good? He's more. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But all right. So for week two here, director Andrea Bianchi. Um, Jeremy's pick. Jeremy's pick. That is right. Jeremy picked this one. We explained our, the little debacle that we had with one of the films, got replaced with Massacre. First up here from 1975, we have a film called Strip Nude for Your Killer. Now, I have to say... What a with, horrible movie. W- without... W- wow. Okay, man. That, that's cool. Even it before is! I get into, even before I get into the synopsis, but... Uh, I do that every week. Why do you say that now? Oh, because I didn't get into the synopsis. I always say something stupid right off the bat, and you say, "Well, I should read the synopsis." Hey, first. man, you're the one. I agree with that him. Movie. He should read the synopsis <laughs> before you at least get into some critiques. Like this movie sucks. Yeah. Okay. Here, I'll just. Yeah, well, I'll, first of all, don't give him credit. This movie sucks is not a critique. No, I'm not giving him credit at all. <laughs> I was actually blasting him for saying some stupid ass shit like that. 
Okay, I'm going I'm to do the short of this because this whole IMDb synopsis is way too fucking long and wordy and shit. So here we go. When a fashion model dies during an abortion, a series of murder begins, starting with the doctor. And that's all I'm reading. That's all I'm reading. I'm not reading the rest of Ed the bullshit. Witch. Yeah, that's all I'm reading. We got Edwidge Finch up in this bitch. We do, man. That's right, man. Starring. Making her second appearance in Italian Horror Month. That's right. I'm sure she'll she'll probably show up other time. Yeah, I think so. Fuck you guys. I'm not going to talk. I'm trying to think of. Yeah. But yeah, to me, man, Edward Fennick is like one of the most beautiful women ever to grace the the screen. I absolutely love her, Don. I bet you you're a big fan of her, too. Uh Big fan and then some. Yeah, yeah man. my favorite actress of all time. Oh, oh, really? Holy shit. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Like I said. I, I have to ask you, though. You know, I'm, a, I'm a, such a big fan of her, too, man. I, I think she's fantastic and everything. But what do you think of her appeal in this film with the short with the short hair? See, me personally, I'm not a big fan of short hair on girls. No, me neither. I like more of a feminine look. I like her longer. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the one downfall to having her in this film with that with that hairstyle. It's like, man, See, dude. I think her best look is in uh the 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 shorter hair but not as short in uh, your revise. Yeah, it's okay. I I personally like the longer look that she has in most of her films, really. But, Strange yeah. vice for me. Strange vice. That's my yeah. favorite look. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, she's gorgeous in that one. Too. But I mean, at least one good thing about her doesn't change is her fantastic, <laughs> fa- fantastic tits and that face. And yeah, you know. I think I mean her face is just alluring. You know what it I mean? Is, I yeah. think that's what it is. Like, like she, like yeah, she has like a nice body, but that's you know, it's not anything that that you wouldn't see on any you know hot actress you know but it, it, it's really her her face and, and it's that exotic you know, french look that yeah, she has or yeah. Something, yeah. Man. It, i don't yeah. know it's just it's so appealing you look at she's it, like you hypnotized can't, you, you know can't know stop I mean? thinking about her when you see her like she just has that yeah. effect on you man it just gets burned in your mind but um but yeah strip nude for your killer man uh for, I, I mean the first thing i have to say about the, the movie is that the title is fantastic I absolutely love the title to this film, and I've always thought that with a title like Strip Nude for Your Killer, it's one of those titles where it can be potentially disastrous or misleading if you don't oh. deliver the goods that the title <laughs> that the title you know is providing you with, like Strip Nude for Your Killer. I mean, killer, if man, you have the Blue Underground Blu-ray, I'm pretty sure that you're gonna feel yeah. like the the title delivers immediately. Before like you, you put it right in the fucking player, and there's three beautifully naked titty women right on the fucking menu screen yeah uh-huh. yeah i just i don't have the blue i got the dvd but um yeah same here but, but it's still on the dvd yeah exactly exactly but i'm just saying a title like strip new for your killer man is just it's fantastic it's so inviting it's just it just screams sexuality and murder i mean but the thing about this movie is that it actually does deliver on all those elements too <laughs> there's tons of sexuality and nudity and there's killings in this one and it's that's awesome i mean you can't really go wrong with that right i mean there's not really it's more about the nudity than the killings well i mean that's essentially what this movie is man not really that many kills going on in this one really you know i usually keep a body tally and i actually didn't in this one but yeah you're right there isn't really like three yeah there isn't Uh, there's there's like six or seven i mean it's pretty early for that type of 
like we didn't see body count films until much after 1975. I Bay of suggest. Blood though that has 13. Yeah, that one has a lot of kills in it. That's what right. year Bay of Blood come out? 74? 71. 71. 71. Yeah, no wonder, that's why it's so damn convoluted. <laughs> torso, um, that's double digits too. Okay, but, fair okay. enough. Okay. I like torso. Starting, yeah, torso's cool. Oh yeah, torso's fucking fantastic. Starting off with I've the seen op- that on thirty five millimeter. The opening scene in this film, man, it's still one of my favorite opening scenes of all time. <laughs> I mean, the credits are rolling, and you basically get this girl that's got her legs up in this doctor chair, and <laughs> she's getting an abortion. Like, dude's digging in there, and you get to see like her muff. <laughs> Like <laughs> of her muffin shit. And it's oh, is that of- what was happening? It's just- yeah, yeah, she's getting an abortion. Okay. Yeah, man, yeah, are you confused with this story? Is too, bro. No, I mean, what what indication do you get right in because that scene? Because at the end, we figure. Yeah, out- but I totally forgot about that scene after because I I started this movie and then watched it, finished it like three days later. Oh, shit. So I totally forgot about that scene. Yeah, so that's essentially what we get in the beginning of the scene is this chick who's kind of subdued and she's getting an abortion done, but it's just, it's the camera work. Cinematography is hilarious because it's kind of, it's shot from like this angle where you can just see like her muff. It's like her well, top of her muff, the top yeah. of her muff. It is just so funny. But ultimately in the scene, she ends up going into cardiac arrest and dies, which is the they setup. Just throw to the, a body in a tub, you know, yeah, they yeah. just kind of logical thing to do. They just kind of discarded the, the body. Like, so <laughs> so viciously kind of thing but ultimately that's the setup to the film and after this happened she was a model um that worked for this modeling agency and then people that worked and or are associated with the modeling agency start ending up dead they get picked off one by one by some assailant dressed in a motorcycle outfit it's kind of funny because this has been done after wise like nightmare beach used this type of killer uh nail gun massacre same type of killer um uh massacre Sort of. Mm. No. Um. What have you done with our daughters? What have you done? Yes, that's Which another we're one. Doing next week. That's another one. Yeah. That's right. So this type of killer man has been used. But I, I personally like this look. I think it would be hard to do, <laughs> you know, because you have like like in the dark and you have this helmet on with a tint. I don't know how the fuck you would see. Yeah, it's like uh, Amsterdam. You know. <laughs> right? like, I mean, it doesn't seem logical to go around and kill people like that. But, anyways. But uh, that's, you know, it's a setup to the film. What's your guys' thoughts on this one? Jeremy, since you're so vocal about hating this film so much, what did you... What's all this guy, besides, like, Burial Grounds doesn't uh, fall, uh, fall under this category, but mm-hmm. the, the two bookends, like, they're so fucking boring. Like, literally, they're so goddamn boring. Well, Nothing you, happens. You so know, it's like, it's all character development and no no goods besides well, some muffins and tits. I, I disagree on this one a little bit. Like, to me, um, there's, like, isolated scenes of, of, of things happening, right? Like, there, like there's a attempted rape and, because like, all this sleaziness going on. Um, uh, one question I had, there was a scene where this fat dude, like, tries to rape he pre- this girl. He yeah, he, he basically comes pre pre ejaculates yeah he's a pre oh, no, I, I thought he couldn't get it i up. thought he couldn't get it hard what, uh, what yeah, version that's is what i thought you, is there I he is there two no, no, no. versions of this movie no 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 i read it online actually no no no, no. he he <laughs> actually ejaculates because they they lean towards the fact that the only way that he can actually get it up or not get it up and stuff he can really it has something to do with his blow-up doll or some bullshit i don't know like yeah, he, can he fucks o- his blow up. Yeah, he can only that's do- the only way yeah. he can get it up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah get it up. That's what I'm saying. No, no, no. That, no, he can only perform on his doll. I think. It when was do like- they say that? I think it's just no, implied. The girl, in, 
the they literally he, say something about like yeah, I to God he said he couldn't get it up or something. Yeah, when he's rolling around on top of her and he, the girl pushes him off, it says, "Don't worry, it happens to all these guys." Yeah, yeah he w- like fucking pre-ejaculate. Yeah, but that could that's also be you see, he can't get it up. But it could yeah, also be, re- but it also could be referring to him, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but don't you think if that happens, yeah. he would react to you know something down there. Yeah, it, did, it didn't look like he like you know ejaculated. He didn't yeah, have that like. Oh. <laughs> uh, on <laughs> this show, we don't say down there. We say dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, but he, she never really, she it, never reacted. He did. Do you guys have? Is it in English for you two? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just making sure that everybody has the same version. Yeah. I was like, because sometimes when, when you have different versions, like dialogues change. But okay, so all right, okay. I was because I was about to say that would make no sense if he couldn't have sex, but he had a wife. But why is she? Why did she allow him to have sex with her after he was like trying to rape her? And she's like, hell no. And then all of a sudden, she's like, okay. There's no explanation for it. She like kind of just gives into it. Like she almost like that, feels bad for him or something. It's really that's strange. Pretty messed up. The I know like, it's, it's an awkward movie, scene, right? Because it's like it's almost saying like women, women that, like women should just give in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is strange when they're about to be raped. If they just gave in, none of this ha- would happen in the first place. That whole scene is. <laughs> you know, like, that's a very bad way to d- put it, dude. That whole scene is completely fucked up in the film too. He like picks her up, and then the way that scene is shot, where he's driving her back to the hotel. Or back to his place yeah. is so fucked up, man. It's like very comical, you know. Like uh-huh. he's driving like a maniac and Hold shit, and he's, and, he's, and he's making like ridiculous. Oh, dude, comments. I totally forgot about that. That was so it's, right. It's totally. Just, and then he gets totally there. A fucking, it's a French New Wave shit again. I said it last week with Deep Red. It's like fucking yeah. playing homage to French New Wave with all these fucking driving, pointless driving scenes. But it's, see that well, it's, it's also so a rip off of it. They also use that technique in uh, Spirits of the Dead that uh, anthology from the 60s yep yeah uh-huh. that's right yeah they did that in uh, the last segment Toby Dammit okay fucking yep. Godard films all you see is fucking people driving around all the time and it's like I feel yeah. like I'm watching a freaking French film with but all these drive. It's such it's such an awkward sub kind of plot in the film, though. I mean, you got this guy's acting all goofy. It's like shot POV, kind of goofy. You're not really no like it's. You have almost a hard time figuring out if he's being serious or not. And then when you get to the room or get when they get to the place, you have this very awkward moment of him talking about how his he doesn't have sex, but he's married. Then he like tries to like rape this it's such a fucking weirdly executed part in the film man everything about that just does there's a few you question man like the whole thing but then you know after she leaves he like breaks down and cries and shit it's like very awkwardly placed and it's like okay what the fuck man and then what was up with that one dude that was like like that that guy who is like oh what are you doing here or something (laughs) oh why are you dumping my whiskey and then he's like, he's like, he's dumping it and dumping it. He's like, my whiskey. <laughs> and oh, then he's, he's killed. But then he's killed. But then like, like they just kill him. You know, they just stab, yep. stab. And then when it cuts to his dead body, his pants are down. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think like it. I think it. I think it's implied that like it takes. There's some time passed that he has his pants down now. Isn't it when the cops arrive, his pants are down? So it's yeah, like a why? passage yeah. of time. I don't know. <laughs> because, I have no idea. Well, I think I think when you figure out what the end of the film is, spoiler wise, like that person felt that the men of the world killed her 
sister pretty much so i think she's trying to return the favor by shoving a knife up the dude's ass that's what i think yeah i mean i guess that's interpretation i mean it's up to you know your guess is as good as anyone's like really i mean there's, Wait, there's i not, thought she's upset there, because that girl died in the abortion that's her sister bro yeah yeah, yeah. okay okay yeah. okay so what I guess the hell does that have to do with all right we're going, because because we're, to the doctors were were men so i think she has some kind of resentment well the doctor like from what i understand reading this wikipedia page right now because i needed a little help is that was an illegal abortion meaning that it was like just some dude yeah it doesn't mean that she can't be pissed off at men so basically since we're since we're into spoiler territory right now yes the killer is avenging her sister's death Right? Who, yeah, because Jeremy just flat out spoiled Okay, it. so like oh, I said, so we're doing this. Balls. So basically, yeah, her revenge is to get anybody. Because what happened was her sister, the one that died in the abortion, was sent to this this kind of black market abortion place to get abortion done because she was a model for the for the agency. So she and is going... to want anybody to know or something? Yeah. Well, I mean... Whatever. Well, nobody would know anyway. If it's she probably just went cheaper. To a random abortion. It's pro- well, maybe it's a big. I don't know. <laughs> maybe in Italy at the time, maybe it was like a fucking maybe illegal, it's illegal thing. I guess. It was probably illegal. Oh yeah, it probably is illegal. Right. So it was probably illegal. That so anyways, so anyways, her sister is killed, and she was sent there by the photographer or the company. So she's going out on a rampage trying to kill everybody English. associated. But there's like there's like another there's like an underlining too with the two sisters and shit with the dialogue at the end that you know she was obviously getting revenge against the people of the agency and stuff. But there was also this point of the fact that the sisters were also having an incestuous relationship also, which is another mm. really kind of strange things that happened there too. Like she was I didn't get that. Yeah. Well, they, Whoa, they say that I in dialogue. my favorite thing. Yeah. Dude, they actually talk about that in the end of the film uh, through what? dialogue. Um, uh, Fennec's character and the, uh, the main photographer talking about it and stuff. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, that's kind of an odd thing to just throw in there in dialogue. Yeah. Like They're explaining why she was doing the murders. Oh, yeah, she was a model and, you know, she was evacuing, or avenging her sister's murder. And by the way, she might have been more pissed off because, you know, her and her sister had this relationship. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I completely had forgotten about this. I've seen this movie before. Well, and I was like, good. I was like, God damn, that's a really Listen, weird twist. Listen, a little bit of incest <laughs> will always elevate your film. I'm just saying. <laughs> so she almost had a double reason. Like, her sister was killed and she was pissed off because she was in love with her. I was like, oh my god! So, um, very, very odd, very, very odd stuff right yeah. there. So, so wait, so why did she kill the gay dude? <laughs> because she's just going through the, working yeah. her way against the company. She's That's l- just there was no so rhyme or reason. Pants There's because no- remember, she, because remember, they take the they take that photograph, the one that they're looking, the one that Fennec is looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's it got has the, all together. Yeah, he's got all of the them together that she probably just picked one of them at random and, yeah. and decided to pull his pants There's down. no explanation to the the people, to the exact people the, why right, she's the killing orders, them. The no. order, they never say that. They just say she's going after the studio. Anybody that was associated okay. with the studio, whether it be a photographer, a model, or an executive, it didn't matter who they were. If they were associated with the Does company, they were getting killed. anybody have any theories to why she pulled his pants down? <laughs> I never really actually thought twice about it. I just remember seeing it, but I never. I gave my theory. I think I she never hates actually thought men about it. I mean, honestly, maybe she thought he was the one responsible for impregnating so why didn't her she sister. Put the f- no, I don't think that was because dude's pants down. Yeah, because she doesn't go after that. Not only that, she pulls the pants down on the gay guy. 
Why would he be the one responsible for forcing the girl to have the abortion? Well, I mean, I meant impregnating her, too. I mean, who knows? That's was what he, I'm saying. Like, why, yeah, would but why would he be responsible for impregnating her? She's yeah, gay. That's, gay. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't. I, I don't know. I have no idea. So he wouldn't. But that, that's another weird fact about this film, too, in the end. They actually, Unless Fennec actually asked like, the question. She actually asked the question. It's it's, like, okay, well, ooh, I, I have a theory that might actually help. Okay. If the killer, listen, this is why I'm the smartest person on the podcast. Uh, if the killer <sighs> wanted to not look like she killed him, then maybe she makes it look like he was with some, brought some dude home and they had sex. And well, then he killed her. That, that's hmm. that works. Yeah. That works. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. That works. I can buy that. But I mean, <laughs> but it, but we do know, we do know by the end of the film that the killer does. Well, at least nobody knows who impregnated the girl, so that was never an issue in the film. <laughs> Which is kind of funny yeah. that they never wrote that into the film, where you know she specifically killed one guy at one point in the film because he was responsible for impregnating her sister. That, do you think they, it was through rape? But they, but they never disclose who it is, though. No, I'm saying, but do you think it was through rape? That's why she might have got the abortion. No, she got the no because the company. No, because there's nothing. No, no, no. The company. There's nothing implied that happened. No, no, no. The company uh, wanted her to get abortion. Well, if she was in a lesbian relationship with her sister and got pregnant, I would assume that there's a fucking reason why she got pregnant. Dude, well, yeah. Well, she accidentally had unprotected sex. Man, people get pregnant all the time like that. But she got the abortion. Because the company made but her. But isn't she gay? Dude. She can't. Just because you're buy. in an incestuous relationship doesn't mean you're gay. Dude, she got the abortion <laughs> it because does when the, it's company, with your <laughs> the company fucking told her to because she was a model. They can't have a pregnant model, right? Exactly. That's why the photographer in the company sent her to fucking get the abortion because you can't be a fucking fat ass pig in the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jesus! Oh, so that's so she's getting revenge on the company because her sister died. Right. That's why every. That's yes. why everybody. The company was why, was responsible I, for putting guess, her sister into that black market abortion place. She ultimately I guess we died. Have to send Jerry for an abortion. Yes, so. man. You know this so movie. This movie. This movie. So I wonder what. But why? If if she's in a, to me, a, why is she pregnant? They don't. Because they never explain it. Some guy. <laughs> They never but explain. I'm saying, That's like, irrelevant. If she's it's, in a relationship with her sister. Of her, the point of who impregnated her is not the point of the story. No, it's, the it's point of the story is that she's pregnant at that time. They yeah. can't. Yeah, uh, I get it. I guess there's literally yeah. no. There's no. It, it doesn't even matter at all. Don's well, that, this I'm film just would have going, this I'm just going off of what Moods was saying. Why they didn't get revenge on the person who impregnated her? Well, if you're getting revenge knows. on the person that impregnated her, that implies that it happened through bad means which is rape like why right, would you get no, revenge on somebody i already, I already explained why consensually had sex with no i already but the ex- point of the story is not who impregnated her it's that she's pregnant period that's the point yeah she, okay so what not, did you say she's getting revenge against the people that made her get the abortion yeah but you asked not. why she didn't get revenge on the person who impregnated because she doesn't know I know, I know, I know she doesn't, well, well, we don't know that she doesn't know. Yeah, but it's never even revealed in the movie, so (laughs) That's what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying, that we don't know 
who impregnated her. So yeah, it would make no not, sense for us to know not, unless it was non-consensual in which she got revenge on him. You're digging way too deep into this dude, shit. Dude, she's not going after anybody specifically for any... It's about the whole company. That's why all these random people die. Dude, listen, I know I'm responding to something you said. And what? And that was what? You asked... One, you said, I wonder why she didn't get go after revenge on the per. Why they didn't make us, you know, a, a scene or something where the person who got her pregnant got killed or something. Dude, I said and they never disclosed that information. That's yeah, what I said. Like I, I know, said, but you said it would have her I, being her. I understand that they don't disclose it. But the point is that it's not about who impregnated her. It's that she's pregnant in the first place. Yes. No, exactly. I I understand that, guys. But, you're but not. I'm listening. saying you're going. I know, but you're going on a tangent about an issue that's un, in, unimportant in the story. They're not. It's not about her. The killer going after the the person responsible for impregnating her sister. It's the fact that she was pregnant to begin with. Yes, 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 yes. Can, I, I got I got all that. I right. was responding, saying that well, she wouldn't go after somebody that what that might not have been a negative thing, right? Like, the only reason she would go after somebody... I'm saying if it was in the film, the only reason she would go after somebody is that it was non-consensual. Like, what reason... If if you're saying that it's cool that, you know, that this girl probably just had sex with somebody, well, there would be no reason to have that person in the movie. But just I'm because saying. she's pregnant doesn't mean that the act was consensual. I'm just saying... That's she what I'm just saying. Got, she could have just gotten pregnant by, you know, getting drunk and sleeping with the guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was my point. Is that I'm saying that there there would be no reason to have her kill somebody if unless it was non consensual. Man, you get what I'm saying. I bet you that's the biggest analysis of strip nude for your killer in the history. But it's of not history. even an analysis of the film. <laughs> I literally, I was like, I think you forgot that you said that, but you literally w- said something along the lines of like, was like. The, like what i wonder why they didn't put in the film her getting revenge on on you know the person that got her pregnant or something like that yeah I'm, re- j- I'm, j- I'm just coming yeah. up with i'm just coming up with different yeah, yeah. plot and points i, in I the understand film. that i wasn't saying that you said that that but i'm also implying like, that they didn't have anything. that information there by saying that too right i'm just saying it would have been interesting if they had a, if they had it disclosed who got her pregnant mm-hmm. in for the narrative because then the motives would have been like, oh, yeah, okay, this person and stuff. But it's never disclosed, so it doesn't really fucking matter either way. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at the yeah. whole time. I just said I thought it would be neat if we actually knew. But they disclosed yeah. it in dialogue in the end. They're like, we don't even know why or who or what, <laughs> right? So they don't even fucking know anything, so. But, but anyway. But, but it's kind of like it's, it's kind of like the whole film. I mean, this film right here is essentially – it's such an oddball film. You know, it's, it's a giallo um, – it's a sleazy giallo. It's a sleazy giallo. It, it just—it's kind of like scene to scene, right? It has a lot of yeah. subplots going on. It has the scene with the fat guy, and it's got all these kind of other kind of subplots that kind of make up because it's not like a—it's not like a linear. I mean, it is like a linear fucking storyline or whatever, but but it really jumps around from all these characters that are within the within the uh, agency. And can I ask you a question? It's very, it's very choppy. This film is very very choppy in that sense. It's not like a very cohesive type giallo because you're following so many different type of characters. And good luck naming five people from this film. No idea. <laughs> right? Try to remember five people. I have names. that written down. I have no idea who the hell's who. Who's this person? Who's that? I don't even know the fucking killer's well, name. Well, all we need to like... know when you're watching this film. Okay, is... Patricia 
Patricia, Lucia, Marco, Carlo. Carlo. Yeah. I mean, yeah. am I supposed to remember that? Don, we can uh, probably anyway, make, we so can do like, that because we watch these films all the time, so we can remember these stupid names. I think Don wrote like, down the names is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> he's reading them off. He's reading them off IMDb right now. No. Uh, so I think that um, I don't I know. I thought the investigation narrative was a little weak in this one for what you usually get in uh, Giallo's. You yeah, know? there wasn't yeah, much yeah. of one in. Yeah, like there was a couple questionings, like where the police came in and was like, "Well, was he gay or something?" This film, oddly enough, this film feels more like a proto slasher than a than a straight up giallo. Right? Yeah, all kind these... of. You know what kind of vibe I was getting from this film a little bit is mm. the toolbox murders. Really? Uh... A little bit. Wow. Just with no, the level of sleaze and stuff, you know. I, I guess the sleazy aspect for sure. Yeah, I mean, this one never is relentless in the sleaze, man. Just relentless. Is she getting fucked in the ass at the end. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's yeah, the joke. That, that was why. Why did that happen, dude? Because I it's was just making it, sure. Me and Carly were watching that, and she's like, "What? What kind of?" Because she <laughs> she really is starting to not like Italian films, dude. <laughs> um, it, she's like, "What kind of sense does it make to end on a freeze frame of that?" It like made no sense. Like, hot, <laughs> just joking. Freeze frame credits. It's totally, like, it's totally just it's a like joke. A sitcom, man. like because Oops, she gotcha. says, because she says, yeah. "Hey, I'm on the pill," and the guy's like, "Oh, you can never be too sure. Turn over." Right, he's just implied he's gonna fucking bang her in the ass. Guess you can't be yeah. too sure about the bill. But then she's like, "No, it's, no, it's, stop, stop!" And then he's like, "Hot, just kidding." And it's just a free script. It's, it's and, just like, credits, dude. You have to admit though, there's nothing more bizarre than a film starting out with an abortion and ending in comedic <laughs> anal sex. Comedic <laughs> yeah. implied anal sex. Like, I mean, th- and everything in between is just a bonus there. Let's <laughs> yeah. man. This movie is. Purely sleazy. It's not the greatest giallo. It's not a top shelf giallo by any means. It it, it definitely plays out more like a proto proto type slasher for sure. Um, I actually kind of like the kills and stuff that are in this film. It's not too bad. I think they're kind of mean spirited at times. They just feel kind of rough and hardcore. I don't know what it is. I've always kind of liked it. Um, it's a very choppy film. Like I said, it's just you go from scene to scene following all these characters it doesn't really have this cohesiveness feel to it so it feels very all over the place and i can see why people would get confused by this too like who the fuck yeah, are these i just people? expect that now with a lot of italian movies it's yeah. just gonna be all over the place with it, it I, surprisingly i didn't have an extremely hard time following this one yeah uh i totally forgot about the abortion thing at the beginning um <laughs> i didn't i forgot that that was even on screen uh because it's like right away you know you but get that moth I don't know. I, there's good a muff. lot of muff. I, dude, I don't okay. really use the word muff, so maybe that's why. I, 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 I only use the word push? muff. No, I don't say that either. I use the word what muff when there's say, actually what a huge say? muff. I'm just like, it? I'm like, oh, that chick got her vagina showing on screen. One of my, one but of my she doesn't show scenes. her vagina. You see her muff. Her vagina? Vagina? Did you say vagina in this guy? What English? Seriously? Um, Seriously? I mean, I don't expect you know what muff is vagina so one of my you know what muff is what the you hair. know what muff is yes the, the hair. hair yeah so what what do okay. you call it i i i just don't like like i don't need to call it what would it what reason would i need to call it <laughs> one of my favorite You're scenes in this dumb. film is when fucking that that one chick at the beginning of the film walks by carlo and i don't know where i think they're at the pool yeah they're at the pool there and he just like gets up from his buddies hanging out with his buddies grabs his camera and just starts fucking taking pictures of her. What kind of chick just lets you take pictures of you? Of you? I'm pretty sure the camera isn't even working. <laughs> I know, 
but like but, and, but she doesn't realize that until after but like what yeah. the fuck like who does that he just gets up starts snapping pictures and she's like oh yeah 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 and all of a sudden they're in the sun and then, <laughs> then she realizes why isn't your camera clicking because i want to fuck Dude, I wish I could. All right, let's get into ratings picking up here. Chicks like that. It's fucking amazing, oh, man. JP's got to get to the fights. Well, Come no, on, no, we got, we got, we got Don. <laughs> um, Don, your analysis on the sure film that here. Was... What, what are your well, thoughts? What are your thoughts on this one, man? Final thoughts and ratings. Oh, I utterly love this. This is one of my favorites. Um, yeah, the, the sleaziness on this one just is a fun time for me. I utterly love these kinds of films. Um. I do agree the plot could use some work. This isn't the strongest giallo. No. But I think it's competent enough. I think it's fun enough if you go along with it. Um, I'm probably going to come in right around an eight and a half for this one. Okay. JP, what's okay. you go? All right. So this movie, um, I, I thought it opened up really strong. I'm a really big fan of nighttime 70s driving scenes like through like cities with like neon lights and stuff and there's like a little bit of that at the beginning watch some french films um i like i i love that look like it just sets up atmosphere so good and and i'll say that this film kind of loses its atmosphere a little bit but a lot of the night scenes still had some of the atmosphere going for it like uh like when the killer would be like outside um when he rolls up on that one dude and stuff you know and and stuff like that um I, it's a little wonky. It's, I think a lot of the subplots don't matter. Like, I feel like the, um, overall, like main reasonings behind everything are kind of weak. Honestly, uh, when you really think about it, maybe they could have played up more of that incest angle would have made it seem a little bit more interesting. <laughs> more <tolerable. laughs> um, I like Edwidge, obviously, um, a lot of sleaziness, nudity, good stuff there. Uh, kills were fine. Um, and you know, I, I thought that some of the, some of the stuff just felt out of place. Like that, that dude that rapes the girl and then she's like, no, 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 I don't want to be raped. And then she's like, okay, <laughs> like that to me, just <laughs> like, like, I don't know why that's in there. Um, but I'm coming in at a solid six and a half out of 10. Jeremy. Five and a half. Okay. Like I said, man, this one isn't, uh, it's not a top shelf geology. And before it, you say anything, JP, if he says fucking six, go on my fucking letterbox. You see, I gave it a five and a there, half. There's no way he's coming in under me. So yeah, this one I've I've always classified it as being a very basic type giallo. There's not really a lot of twists and turns in this one. It's kind of straightforward. It's a very choppy film. We follow so many different characters in this film. It goes from one scene to the other, and you're just like, okay. But you know, with a title like this, like I said before, it delivers all the goods, man. We get all the nudity. We get some pretty nasty killings. We get some sexy women. We get a very porno-ish soundtrack to it. I like that. That 70s kind of funk porno type thing. Cinematography, actually not too bad in this. There's some pretty well-shot scenes, surprisingly. Um, locations and sets aren't bad. Overall, it's not a bad film for what it is. It's highly exploitive, um, sexually motivated, I really enjoy that and embrace that too. I'm coming in at a 7 out of 10. I've always really liked this one. I think it's fantastic. Nights of Terror is an excursion into the twilight world of the dead. A chilling, brutal slice of horror from which there is no escape. We daren't show you any more of this 
Watch it for yourself, if you can handle it. All righty, jumping into the glorious year of 1981. My favorite year in horror history. I absolutely love the year 1981, as you guys probably all know. Uh, it says 1980 on the back of the Blu-ray, bro. With a film called Burial Ground. The Nights of Terror. Yeah. Or if you were to believe the closing car- credits on the, the closing credit card, the Nits of Terror. <laughs> yeah, this is also a Zombie 3. Yes, man. This one has a million titles, like a lot of Italian films. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's um, funny that, like, the zombie series is one of the funniest because like Italian films are obviously known for, for like shoehorning films that are not part of a franchise into a franchise. Like they've done it with the demons films, the zombie films. This is one of those films that is also been released as zombie three, um, which is hilarious to me because there's so many that are, that that are known as this, as zombie films. So God, that's some awesome artwork, bro. Yeah. That's awesome. Wait, I thought you meant the original. I love the original, man. It's fucking fantastic. But yeah, man. Burial Crown, Andrea Bianchi, synopsis. A professor opens a crypt and reanimates rotten zombies. (laughs) What the fuck wrote this? The zombies attack a jet set group, which is celebrating a party in a villa nearby. Actually, it's not a villa. I could have acted better. It's Jesus. not a villain nearby. It's the villa, basically. No, 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 no. What What is a jet jet set couple? What does that mean? Jet set group. Um. Yeah. Just what does a, jet set. Mean? Just like a, highly affluent. Like they're going around partying. They're like jetting all over the world to like hot spots. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's like you know one night the one night they'll be. Are they here? It makes no sense. Okay, seriously, like these people are invited over. These people are invited over. What, Jeremy? You could hear me? Yeah. Kind of. Okay, because I'm talking and nobody's saying anything. What'd you say? Oh, well, isn't that normal? It seems like these people have been here before, so maybe that's why they came here because they've been there before because it seems like the maids and the housekeepers know who they are. I think that's just plot. I mean, we don't really fully know that. Because they're like, oh, where's the doctor? So it's like. Well, yeah, well, they're there for the doctor. So well, yeah, they might ask the professor. Where the doctor is. That's, yeah, that's so solely they have why. To, they have to know. That's solely why. The doctor? Why yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but, you know what, JP? Fuck you. That's okay? solely why the people are I try at this, and say something, and you villa. do nothing but be a fucking dickhead. Why? I'm just responding to what you're saying. Okay, can you guys plug I'm your saying vaginas, that please? is it the doctor's place or is it just a fucking vacation house? It's no, a doctor's place. He's it, freaking un. He's a professor. So they covering. So shit they have to have been there before. He so maybe that's why. Professor. Why do they have to have been there before? He's because they're friends with the doctor. Oh, whatever. Fuck that. I'm done. Well, well yeah, <laughs> they're, 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 they know the professor. Well, maybe that's why they went there to see the professor. I understand, but no, why? But we know that why Jeremy. Do they know the they were. They're there because he's trying to. Sh- He's trying to show them the re- the remains that he uncovered at the beginning of the film. Why exactly. do they show the jet set couples though? <laughs> like, call, when remember you call, the like, one guy says he's friends when he when he wanders up to the gates. He says they're expecting us. The, my old friend the professor. He says my old friend the professor <laughs> is expecting us. That's what he says when he walks up to yeah, the gates. Fuck you, too, part, John. This, this fuck couple you. that is for, going around jet setting or whatever. <laughs> Why are they the people that the professor calls simply because he's friends with the one dude? 
<laughs> Dude, okay, first of all, this is a this is an IMDB synopsis that some asshole wrote by writing Jet Set Group. These it's, are just normal fucking people that were invited by the professor because the professor wanted to show them what he had found. What did he find? He found some fucking... The underground the, tombs at the, the beginning crypt. of the movie. He found yeah, the crypt. I, I know. I know. He I was found getting the crypt. you guys to say that out loud. So he called this group of partying couples to come check it out. That Dude, sounds so it's, it's the exactly synop- who you call, right? It's the synopsis <laughs> on here. They're not necessarily partying people. Look at the characters <laughs> in the film here. Some dick face wrote this on IMDb. I'm just reading that off. These are fucking just well, people I mean, that are I'm associated saying with it the because professor. it says that on other places too. It keeps using the word jet set. I have no so idea. So I figure why. it was on the original. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, why are you so fucking oh, yeah. memorized by jet set? Because Michael is such a partier. <laughs> well, he's like mentally ill. He's supposed to be like 13, man. Christ, of course he's not a fucking jet set. I don't think man. he's mentally ill, JP. I just think that that's the way he looks and the way like. Dude, he has a disease. He's a full grown man. He's like in his 20s there. But he's playing, I know he's that. Like I'm just saying, JP says that he's like mentally challenged. I just think that we picture that in our head because he looks fucking weird. I was just reading that off of the internet. I don't know and, if he's, and there's clearly Freudian it, it things going on with mentally that. challenged son. <laughs> what the I fuck? Mean, Who wrote that? Okay, that's just bullshit. He's not. He's not mentally <laughs> challenged. He's just. Yeah, he just looks weird. So he obviously so has mummy issues. He obviously has mummy issues in the film. No, it's Freud. I think that it would be. I think I. I don't think it'd be far to argue that 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 doing that could mean that you're a little mentally fucked up. <laughs> no, man, he just has Freud would fucking be all over that shit. He's got, because, mommy, he's got mummy issues, man. Because he, he's too close to his mum is essentially what it is. You gotta admit, mommy, that these mommy's characters... Mommy's gonna steal his penis, you know? That's these the characters do it's not... It's true, that's what Freud thinks. What? That the mommy's gonna steal the penis, or is it the dad that's gonna steal the penis? Something about that when you're young and an adolescence, you're attracted to your mom because they're afraid that your dad's going to take away his penis so he's he, he uh, adolescence always around I never mother. thought my dad was going to steal my penis yeah. away. Like, what the fuck this is what Freud fucking I'll find it I'll find it Just no 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 talking. I know exactly what you're talking about man I took philosophy okay. that's fucking so you gotta admit though the characters that are here I never believe that shit though seem a little odd in terms of who you might call when you find a awesome discovery when you're a professor he calls considering they don't seem like scientists or any type of like like professionals at all it could also be that they're just using the house for a party and he's going to be off on the other side of the house i think they're just friends of the professor though i think they're just legitimately just friends of the professor so he's like, well, I, I got I got to share my secret with my friends who may be into partying, which I don't really get that impression anyways. Uh, castration anxiety. The theory is that a child has a fear of damage being done to their genitalia by the parent of the same sex as punishment for sexual feelings towards the parent of the opposite sex. It has been theorized that castration anxiety begins between the ages of three and five, otherwise known as the phallic stage of development, according to Freud. So, so how does this... Yeah, I guess I was never close to that. How does that... We're, we're, how does that correlate with what happens in this movie? It's not ex- at all what you just said. Mm. That's saying that you have the fear of having sexual feelings towards your mother because your father no. might castrate you. When in the movie, this kid has sexual feelings. No, it's, it, it, no, I think they it's also the fear act that the it father 
it's the fear that the father's gonna castrate. Yes, yeah, so you fear because, having sexual feelings towards your mother. That's what you just said. No, not fearing. It's just like, mm, okay. <laughs> That's what you said, though. Yes, but I, I, don't I, think I it, okay. I actually understand where Jeremy's coming from with on, you know, with this, but. I'm it's just all, trying to fucking add something different to the conversation. Exactly. You I, and, no, I, no, and I good. get it. And I, and I get I'm it. saying that it's different. Every it's, time I say something, I fucking am, I'm always wrong. Always no, wrong. It's good, but it's just different. It's a different – that's a different scenario. But, uh, you know, honestly, JP, like this is – I mean the way Jeremy's looking at it is pretty evident though. I mean some kid that's just, you know, all over his mom. And he's got he's got mummy – I call that mummy issues, man. But that's some Freudian shit right there for sure. He's acting upon okay. his, his attraction to his mom. They just took it one step further in the film. They actually okay, kind so, of showcased it a little bit. I mean, okay, I don't really know much about Freudian stuff, but I'm just saying what he read is different from what's happening in the movie. There's more to um, it than that, though. If any time you have sexual feelings towards your mother, it means that it's Freudian. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what that is. It's really. a Freudian I, theory. I mean, that it just relates back to the Freudian theories of that. I never really truly believed it because I personally never had feelings for my mom. So like that, like sexual feelings. So I can't relate to it. So when I hear people and I hear these theories, the Freudian theories and stuff, I'm like, what? <laughs> like people wanted to have sex with their mom or <laughs> had sexual thoughts towards their mom. Like that's fucked up. I mean, like, I, I never I, thought listen, I'm not opposed to having incest in movies. Whether it's Freudian or not, I like it. I think it's funny. <laughs> and I think it's hilarious in this it's movie funny. particularly. Oh, yeah. It's totally funny. Um, especially because this kid is so damn annoying and weird and just just creepy. Like, the moment I seen him, I was like, that's not a kid. <laughs> I was like, he got y'all fucking fooled. Yeah, he's – he's well, he's actually – I don't know. Don, do you know how old he was? I was, like, he, was he was in his 20s, fucking, though, right? Is this, yeah, was he like, was 25 when they filmed it. 25, yeah. But he's only been in, like, four movies. But he's like – I think he just gained the cult following from this movie. I was like, is John Franklin in this movie? What's going on here? And I cannot help when I look at Michael how funny his pants are. They are yeah, the funny. Dude, dude he's a funny looking dude. Dude, period. the fucking pants are pulled up to like his tits, man. It's so funny how high they are. It just kills me when I watch them. Dad, just the acting from everybody in this movie is fucking atrociously bad. Well, it's hard to judge that, though, because the dubbing is a little bit off. And it's the ADR is not the greatest. I watched the dubbing. I watched the fucking. Oh, did you? Well, it's shot in English. It's stuff. shot in English. The film is shot oh, yeah? in English. Yeah. And. Well, so here's the thing, right? Um,. What, wait, the film's shot in English? They're speaking English when they're acting, yeah. Are you sure? Yes. The, the, I don't think so, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they are, dude. Yeah, I think they're just using the traditional um, Italian method during that time. They just filmed it silent and then just post-dubbed everything. Well, I, uh, no, 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 no. I know, I, I'm 100% yeah. familiar with, with, with the, you know, Italians shooting their films without sound. Um, yeah. but, it, but if you, like, I watch, I mean, like you, I watch a shitload of time films. If you watch your lips, man, they're fucking speaking English in this. Like, I felt like they were speaking Italian. Yeah, honestly. me too. Really? Yeah. Um, but that's just me. Maybe they were speaking English, but either way, um, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was like a little bit cheesy. Obviously this is not a, like, you know, right away that this is not going to be a well-acted movie. Um, you actually, the, the, in terms of plot, there is very, very little. There's yeah. like barely any at all. <laughs> like, no, no the, there's the no plot yeah, at all for a people. subplot. Is you get you get a incestuous 
relationship, kind of. <laughs> like, that's but that's it. what. But that's what I love about this movie, man. You know, uh, Bianchi didn't fuck around with this man. He basically made you know kind of a shout out film to Fulci. You know, this was hey, his. This, this was his zombie film. I mean, yeah. obviously, with the zombies rising out of the ground. There's oh, a scene it's where hundred percent. You know, with with the Fulci's fucking. You know, we even, well, even have rips off the. Yeah, he even rips off the one scene, yeah. yeah. He grabs so, the girl out in the hallway. This is Bianchi given, you know, it's kind of a love letter to Fulci in a sense. But, I mean, this one, this is what I love about this film, man. It really doesn't have much narrative to it. It's a bunch of people There's that show no up. There's no narrative. There's zombies that Like, have been, I tried to make a joke about the one piece of narrative that there is about yeah. how it didn't make much sense. But th- besides that, there is literally yeah. like not a narrative. It's a siege movie. It's yes. a bunch of people hold up with zombies who can pick up fucking weapons. That's first of all, um, I don't know how that's possible, but I didn't mind it because it's like scythes and shit that look cool. Uh, and, it, and I think and how the fuck movie, are they like throwing them through the top window? It's like, they're fucking climbing and shit. And they're fucking <laughs> dude. Yeah. This, is, yeah. this, this is lady gets her fucking head chopped off from the top balcony. Like, what well, the we, we just assume on? in this rules of zombies that they can use weaponry and climb and like kind of move a little bit, but they're fucking but, like, that's the Falling beauty apart, of this I movie, think. man. That's the beauty <laughs> of this movie. Stupid. That's no. That's the beauty of this movie, though. You have to realize that a lot of zombie films follow this mythology that's very, very similar. Bianchi took that and kind of I threw it out the window. He he threw it out the fucking window here. He gave the zombies personalities and a little bit of brains, essentially, because there's scenes where they're bad. They're using a battering ram to like get through a door. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're they're decapitating. Um, the fucking uh, made with a sight with a Sith, and I'm like, I, I, this is I crazy. I do not love when when, but it's melodic. When movies it's melodic. Use, it's nice. When, I like it. What are you saying? It's what? It's very melodic in the way they do it. I love the way the zombies are in this film. They're still the slow moving zombies. Are kind of brain dead well, and stuff. Yeah. They, okay. So it has a melodic approach was, with brains. I like it. I. I typically hate when when zombies use weapons. I don't really like it at all, um, unless it seems like it's not based on intelligence so much as Where? just like they're kind of wandering. And if something kind of is in their way, they're not gonna like think, "Oh, tool shed. Let me go get the fucking scythe out of the tool shed." No, like, no, to no, me, that's that, it's much. just like it's opportunity. If just, like, it's opportunity. Yeah, it's opportunity. Yeah, that's like what then, I would. I'm kind of more okay with it yes. because it seems like it seems like it's the natural instinctual things that they're doing that's, exactly. that's you know to get the kill and it's yeah. not necessarily that they're intelligent. I think yes. what I was confused about was like where the fuck did they all come from? Like is it they buried from the crypt. There's a tomb underneath. Dude, them. they came from the crypt. That's explained in the opening scene. They all these ha- bodies are fucking in the crypt. It's a crypt. Why not? Yes. That's literally what it is. Why not? <laughs> It's a crypt it's where they, they there could be a hundred bodies. of them in there. <laughs> that, it's literally remember, what it is. Only, remember, oh, you fuck. only get as far deep into the crypt as what the professor gets at the beginning. Yeah, look it could be far, like goddamn Paris or whatever. Yeah, look how far don't <laughs> you don't know catacombs. <laughs> yeah, this is a new discovery, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, but anyway, so all right. As soon as this movie started, I was like, oh god, because like there was this scene where this character was running and it like that there was an edit that sucked so bad where like it actually came back or something. I was like, what the hell? Like I forget exactly what it was, but then all of a sudden something magical happened (laughs) and I just got this amazing atmosphere, this creepy, like I just started picturing if I was just flipping through the channels as a child and I seen this film, 
it looks like a movie that's already in its third act, right? That's what this movie feels like. It's yep. like all you're, there's no, all the story has been told already. There's these characters here, and they're fighting for survival against these zombies that look very good, in my opinion. They're like the they're amazing. the 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 dirty, like dusty looking zombies, not the gooey ones that you get in most zombie films, which I love those too. Don't get me wrong, but like, I kind of like the Fauci style zombies a little bit where they're like, they're like rotted looking where they're like, like almost to where they're like, there's no, uh, liquid inside of them uh, that much. It's it's more just like a dried out look like, you know what it would be when you were underground. Right. But wasn't there fucking like, chicken noodle soup coming out of them yeah, when she's stabbing yeah, them but I mean, I'm saying that <laughs> they're, that they're main beefsters. Yeah, the Dead for Centuries look, I'm a huge fan of that one myself. Yeah, yeah. I and, love it, man. And so I think that, I honestly think if you look at this film like it's a, it, and I actually posted this, this was the film I was referencing the other day when I posted. I don't know how to rate this movie. Oh, like, I it's, knew you were. It's pretty atrocious in terms of like, a lot of its technical things like editing um just most of the the acting you know dialogue writing um most of that stuff is just not oh dude it's the i think the worst is the fucking girl gets her foot trapped in the fucking bear trap like Uh, she is like absolutely fucking horrendously overacting to like there there was something there was something dumb about that too. I, that I can't remember what it was, but the there was something. That there's like a bear dumb. trap on the middle of the ground. Yes, that's <laughs> what it no. Was. It's 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 not just that, but it's how long the scene went on for, and yeah. the fact that they didn't get her out, and like he was like he kept going the to fact find that she things. She stepped into a bear trap in the middle of the yeah. court, no. middle of a house. That, that scene <laughs> always bugged me because it went on for like five, seven, eight minutes or whatever, and the guy keeps going and grabbing shit. He's trying to figure this out and stuff. Because he's and so the second, shocked that they found a bear trap on the grounds. Yeah, well, the second they get her out, that's when the zombies show up. <laughs> it was one of those types uh, of scenes, but it went on too long for its own good, for sure. But, but I like the slower pace of of like watching the zombie rise out of the ground and and the worms and stuff, which is good. It adds to the atmosphere. This. Yeah, it's 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 good worm placement because they're <laughs> spread out and they're not all bunched up in the eye socket. That's uh, bad worm placement. Okay. Um, so he learned something from Fauci's mistakes, obviously. Uh, <laughs> so Don't, I so basically, um, what like I really like this movie. I th- I think that it's um, limited in its actual story, but this is a great movie to watch and just just kind of zone out and just purely take in the visuals there's really no dialogue there's nothing that you have to think about and you just you just it's it could almost be a silent film honestly you know what i mean it's it's that type of movie there could be no dialogue in it you can mute it out completely that's like Ernest just scared have, stupid bro. just have the the atmosphere <laughs> seriously Ernest scared stupid you put that stuff. shit on mute you could follow the whole fucking movie there's great there's great you know gore and, and effects and stuff in it um, I, I I honestly think it's it's a really really fun watch. Man, one thing I love about this movie is the pacing. It gets right into the zombies. What two <laughs> yeah, minutes after? Like, two minutes yeah. after the. That's fucking what I people, said. It's it's like they skip the entire first and second act and just it, it's amazing. Third act. Oh, I hundred percent wanted to. I, I agree with you, man. It's like a third act. The whole film. It's fantastic. Yeah. But like, there's so many there's so many funny moments in this film. One of the guys, there's one, (laughs) he comes up with this brilliant idea where he's like, well, 
we'll just let him inside because maybe they're not after us. Maybe they're after something <laughs> else. Yeah. He says that. And I'm like, I actually paused the movie and I was fucking laughing so hard. And then just like the th- every time that scene happens when I watch this, I just lose my shit, man. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? They're fucking they're trying to kill you. It's ridiculous, man. But, um, yeah, man, lots yeah, of funny ass moments. The characters didn't do the, the smartest things either. But, you know, another no. thing I, I love. They're like, oh, I'm going to send this girl down a dark corridor with only a candle when there's fucking zombies <laughs> all around. Like, that's a good idea. What a uh, bunch of fucking dickheads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, th- this movie has, you know, like you said, it has a great, great atmosphere uh, throughout the whole thing, man. And I just love how there's no character development whatsoever. We don't need to care about these characters because they're put into a situation that it's just they all die anyway. It's about survival, right? We don't need to know anything about them. We have these ridiculous subplots with Michael and his mom and stuff, which I still think is one of the most odd things ever in cinema that this was it, even it put is into a film. Very odd because it's like that's what I was kind of getting getting at. Where I'm like, I'm like, I don't think that this was for like any social commentary or any kind of deeper no, no, it's meaning. Just, it's odd I just shit. think that it's a fucking fucked up thing to just put in a movie because it's like why not it's it's such a misleading scene too because when you see michael hitting on his mom a little bit like she kind of reacts in a you know the same way that that he wants her to a little bit like she kind of she's into it too though grabs her titty like that does not happen which leads in to the (laughs) funniest part in the entire movie after she realizes oh my god i'm making out with my son she slaps him and when he runs off and she's like, and he's like, but you're my mother. <laughs> so fucking, it might be the single funniest moment in cinematic history. <laughs> when he runs off with those stupid pants all pulled up. This is the one that <laughs> I wish so I would have watched funny. with somebody else. Oh my God. Instead it, of the other, the other two. <laughs> it's so good, man. It, it, I mean, this movie not only delivers on great looking zombies and pretty good gore and stuff. Um, but it actually has some pretty legitimate laughs in it too. So much um, fun, man! So much fun. I was just confused I, when she's like, she's pu- pushing him away at the beginning, but at the end, she's like all like all in his fucking face again. Like, well, because well, that's because she th- figured she lost her son. Well, because she so knows she's gonna it. fucking make out with him and pull she her head out, even though he's like thirteen. It's like that's fucking. It's, it's the yeah. shock. Remember, she kills him. Jeremy, she feels bad that he's dead. And she doesn't want to accept the fact that she's dead, so she goes up there and does a little huggy-rama there with her, and so she's gonna pull out her tit. It doesn't. Yeah, well, she's like he doesn't regret. She she doesn't pull up. If she would have just, if she she would have just out her tit, bro, he pulls out. She does. She no, she does. She does. But I think she's like trying to like. Oh, maybe she does. Yeah, but whatever. But (laughs) yeah, because she. I think they still do the feeding thing. Yeah. Remember, she's got him pressed up against, and she says, "Just the way you liked it." Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was one of those man babies where he's breastfed until you know the day he turned into a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that he wasn't. <laughs> but look, man, but yeah, adding to the oddness. Maybe that's why that's she the, didn't react all topper. negatively at first when he grabbed her titty. Well, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was he was just looking for a little bit of a a treat. You know, you mofos right. are a, a fucking little, overthinking this shit. There's not much to read in there, man. He was hungry. He was hungry. Yeah, for her right, nipple. So, and when so she fucking, you... when he fucking bites that shit off, I just lost my shit, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it looks fucking ridiculous. It looks like it's fucking like, like gum, like freaking stretching out and like 
fucking back together. Like it like stretches so far when he's biting oh, it now off. Oh, now he's looking. Now it's he's ridiculous. reading too far into it. Come on, man! It's fucking. He's biting off a nipple. It's awesome. Let's it's hit a. Let's hit a. Uh, let's hit a rating. If yeah, you guys UFC's are ready. on, bro. Come on. <laughs> Okay, JP. Well, you have more JP, to say, Jeremy? JP. No, I mean, no. seriously, like, we, we have more to I'm not well, trying to... I want JP let's... to go first with the rating here, considering I knew exactly what his post was, hence my laughing <laughs> emoji that I did on it. Uh, yeah. I want you to rate this one first. I want to see where you're coming in. Uh, All right, so I checked this out on Shudder, and it's a movie that I'm for sure going to put in the collection. Um, I... I actually like zombie movies that are like this. Like, I'm the all... I think transfer. I, that's unfortunate, but I, I think that I think that when it comes to zombie movies, I like them one of two ways. Either I like them George Romero style about the characters needing. Uh, it, it seems like there's an 88 films version of this film as well. Uh, so it, I, I like the Romero style, but I also just like the Fauci style, where it's more just like it's not really about the the narrative. It's more about the the just carnage and atmosphere and the zombies themselves. Which I like both of those. They're really cool. When I pop this thing in or press play on my streaming device, uh, I was expecting this movie to suck dick. Honestly, like from the first scene, I was like, "Oh God," you know what I mean. And it really surprised me because I 100% enjoyed this movie. Um, I think that it's a good movie. I really do. Like, I I know that there's bad qualities to it, but a movie is not just based on stuff like you know uh acting and and storytelling and things like that it's also based on atmosphere and uh you know gore and and special effects uh and mood and the way that it makes you feel and this movie definitely made me feel something and and i think all the time when i say that that's probably what i look for most in a movie is how did it make me feel and this is actually a movie that I thought about a few times after watching it, like a few days later. I just thought that it was like the perfect movie to watch late at night and just kind of take in. Um, so I'm coming in at a 7.5 out of 10 on Burial Grounds, The Night of Terror. Man, I'm impressed, man. Cause I, I think you're starting to understand why we love Italian films so much. Well, I, I it's tend all those to like qualities. the ones that are actually horror over the ones that are more crime thriller giallo style like the next um, one <laughs> yes <laughs> but um i i do i do like italian horror like i've definitely co- i mean from where i was three years ago not seeing really anything to where i am now mm-hmm. um i really really have come around like i mean how house by the edge of the park is is like probably in my top 15 20 movies now Damn! I guess we're gonna have to do Ruggiero Diodato next year, right? For sure. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. All right, Jeremy, where are you coming in? I'm. I'm picking um, Jose Maria, whoever this guy is, who directed this movie. Announcing who we're doing a year from now. (laughs) Hey, I might change. I told you, I just go and listen to. He just goes on whichever titles he already has in his collection that he has emerged. No, I told you what I was going to do. I was going to go and pick out an Italian stallion, pick out the director, and Google it. And if he has three films, that's who I'm going to pick. So my question is: So my question (laughs) is, who picks the fourth one? Because JP's already picked uh, Argento four. (laughs) <laughs> so who gets the fourth pick? Uh, we'd pr- probably give it to the guest to get the not the guest the uh, the, the Patreon. Patreon. 
again. All right, that's fair enough. Fair enough. That, that one sold within like a half hour of me putting it on. The I line. wanted I wanted Diodato, D'Amato, and Bruno Matai. You fucking bitch. Fucking, there you go, putting it in the listeners' minds again. I yeah. want these people, so of course they're gonna fucking pick well, them. Because Sam didn't fucking... listen this year. Well, dude, come on, man. I mean, those are three names that are definitely gonna be in people's minds, anyways. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, six and are, a half those out are of ten. Very popular names. <laughs> six and a half. All right, Don. Uh, this is an absolute blast. I echo JP on this one totally. Uh, this is probably, I would say, my favorite non. Fulci effort. Uh, this is, you know, the technical qualities are absolute crap. The story is simplistic, but it's so much fun. Yeah, this is probably just a tick below strip nude. Uh, not as high, eight and a half. Man, this movie right here just annihilates me with the laughter. I love the w- I love the way this <laughs> film shot. There is so many. <laughs> There is so many zoom shots in this film, whether it be zooming in on the eyes <laughs> or zooming no, that out. Was such a seventies, not as bad 70s, as massacre, bro. It's Dude. horrible. <laughs> but Bianchi, Bianchi obviously was had the style, and he just—I mean, there's a few of these shots in Strip New too, but. In Burial Grounds, man, oh my lord, dude. <laughs> like, it's just nonstop zoom and zoom in and out and in and just, I fucking Yeah, there's that one shit. scene where it, like, zooms from one person back to, like, the middle and then back to another person again. <laughs> yeah, man. As I say, I just, I love watching stuff like that. It just, it adds to it. But I think the overall film is really awesome. I, I've had this one on so many top ten lists that I've done in, in years past. I don't know what it is about this one. It's just, the fun factor's there. It's obviously, I always call it love letter. I don't want to say he's ripping off Fulci, but because he obviously people would recognize those scenes, right? I mean, he's he's giving Fulci yeah. the prod, the credit there, man, for sure. Um, yeah, but what's I just like I look, I always look at that as like it's more of something I like. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know what I mean, I don't care if it's a rip off yeah. or not. I mean, let's face it, the continuity, continuity in the scene where the chick gets continuity. her eye nudity yeah. <laughs> where the chick gets her eye poked up with the glass doesn't make any fucking sense oh no oh, i forgot stupid. i wanted to bring that up too i totally forgot this is why i need to take it's notes. like do these fucking zombies have like super strength <laughs> or something like it's fucking retarded it's the angle of the glass right it's it's like this yeah broke, it just right? doesn't make sense <laughs> it, it doesn't actually make sense <laughs> like to... these zombies literally have super strength they could fucking <laughs> knock down doors with axes and they can fucking pull people's heads forward it's like what the well fuck's i mean most this? people can knock down doors with axes so one <laughs> <laughs> my Except favorite things though fuck you they had the strength to do it suck my dick is the simple fact that the zombies have that instinctive element to them you know they're they're willing to break down a door or chop someone's head off with a with a side like that's cool man yeah that's- it never comes off as if they're smart it just comes off as, as if <gasps> oops sorry if they're like instinctive and it's like they yeah, yeah. you know and they eat motherfuckers. I love that, so. man. You know, it, <laughs> it's what's your rating, Moots? Honestly, for a film like this, you think there'd be more of a score? It's actually quite quiet, though. Um, Come on, Moots. I'm going to see what's your rating. I'm going to go on for another <laughs> ten minutes here, <laughs> but honestly, I just want to say one more thing. This movie right here, what sells it for me is the fucking zombies. I love it, man. I love the look of the zombies. I think they're fantastic. I'm coming in at eight on this one. Hella fun. Right. Yeah, I think most people would be surprised at how high I came, but like. I really think that the pace in this movie, the uh, fact that it's it's like a third act of a movie is more of a positive than actually a negative um, because of that pace. 
um, the you know atmosphere and mood are, are so top notch. And honestly, I love siege narratives. Uh, I think that the, I think that people hold up and trying to keep something out always is effective to me. I find it scary. Um, there are some comedic moments in this movie, but I also find it that it it, it has strong intentions to scare, and I always appreciate that. So yeah, that's hopefully I explain the differences on on why I came as high on this film versus something that um, might be similar quality in terms of direction, uh, in terms of you know the basics, you know, fucking acting and and script and story and stuff like that versus something like this. I think that this film has a lot of other things going for it. The good outweighs so, the bad in this one. It definitely does. There's some quirky, odd moments. The, <laughs> the editing is super clunky all over the place in this film. Uh, but so the zooms make up for it. <laughs> all right. Um, now to our third and final. Does anybody have a rope? Rope? Rope in a stool? Anybody? No? Damn it. You gonna hang yourself? Oh. I... <laughs> okay. I'll join you. So getting into the third and final film here on week two of Italian Horror Month, courtesy of Andrea Bianchi. From 1989, we have a film simply titled Massacre, directed by, a- <laughs> directed by, presented by Lucio Fulci, uh, who yeah. actually presented three films, and I think in the same year, right, Don? It was also Murder Secret and... Hellgate? Like, um, what was the other one that he did? Uh, he did three. He Red pres- Monks. Red Monks. Is it Red Monks too? Okay. Um, yeah, Red yeah, Monks. But, you know, and he used footage from, you know, these films in Cat and the Brain of Down the Road. So, which we'll get into. Let's get into a synopsis here before Jeremy starts fucking losing his mind. Um, uh, a red glove killer sporting gaudy Miami Vice style mirror shades. <laughs> That literally says that. It literally says gaudy Miami Vice style mirrored shades. Brutally Wait, don't assault. You have quality control on these? Don't you have quality control on these? Read them first. <laughs> no way, man. I, the, no, he's like me with dead mail. He what, just picks it off and reads it. One of my favorite things about doing these is reading off. Whoever wrote these things is fucking stupid. <laughs> Brutality assaults a prostitute with a blade. The killings continue. And it is all something to do with the film crew. That is the killing continues sixty minutes later. Damn, dude. Yeah, I never, I never pre-read these. I don't give a fuck. I think they're hilarious. Man, but sixty um, minutes later. So yes, this is what we get. We get a scene where <laughs> this chick gets her hand cut off. She gets mutilated in the beginning of the film, which ultimately gets used in Cat in the Brain by Fulci later on down the road. Um, and then it kind of cuts to a scene where a film crew's uh, essentially filming the zombie film. It's kind of an awkward transition, too, because you're like, like, what the fuck is going on right away? And then basically for the next hour and 10 minutes, we have a whole pile of character development, a very bunch of odd things. And then we get an ending. So bad. So, but wait, the the soundtrack's awesome. 
dude the soundtrack sounds like it on the soundtrack sounds like it was done for an after school special <laughs> Wait, I had to play it because right when you start the fucking film, it plays because it is literally <laughs> the soundtrack's so bad in this movie. Actually, oh, it's, it's kind of horrible, <laughs> dude. Wait, I'm gonna have to play this shit. This was the final film. So this uh, movie, man, from so- Bianchi, and we and we actually picked this. We mentioned it earlier. Um, shout out to Derek for actually hooking us up with a copy. Yeah, of I've this never film. Seen this one, he gave actually. us a boot bootleg of it. Um, cause apparently this film's unreleased, uh, and I, I, uh, ripped it for the guys to watch because hell, there's no way to see this damn thing um, for a good reason. <laughs> yeah. I think this, this is the first film. Yeah. That I've never seen for Italian horror months before. i never saw this one. Yeah. And, first time watching my end. So yeah, th- th- <laughs> this one's kind of a little bit more of an ex- obscure one, I would say, but uh, it's definitely not Bianchi's finest moment. That's for sure. Um, Don, would you classify this film as more of a giallo or a slasher? Ooh, um, I think because of the opening shot, the way that, you know, the, the killing's done in that manner, I think it leans towards giallo. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, especially because in the later half you have the investigation taking center stage. Yep. I think it it has more Gialli elements than slasher. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. I can under I can understand where some would be hesitant to include it. But well, I, I would say that I think it's more of a Gialli than a slasher, but I don't think it's really quite e- either. Well, I the way I interpret yeah, I I agree. Actually, I think it's more of a Gialli than a slasher, but the way a lot of the killings are, ex- you know, executed in this film are so slasher-esque just the setups and yeah. like you know the couple in the car that get murdered and that's so slasher-esque and then you, know, you have the triple attack in the boathouse too exactly which again was used by faulty i believe i think that scene was too um yeah you know like there's a lot of scenes in this film that are so slasher-esque which you know i think this one probably would have been a better film if they just played it out as more of an american slasher and just kind of cut out the police investigative part you know, down or kept yeah. it down to a minimum because I think honestly that's the worst part about this film. It starts out good, and then we get this, we get this whole development. You it know, it starts with, out good. What do you mean it starts out good? Nothing <laughs> starts out good compared to what came later. It happens, Jeremy. The opening, Jeremy. The opening, the opening scene. The opening scene starts out. Fuck, dude. <laughs> it's okay. I like that scene, man. It's awesome. I mean, it's okay. It's fun, but I mean, <laughs> it's better than what you it about starts out, like, and you're like, uh oh. <laughs> I like that opening scene. Like, yeah, it's better than what comes late. What comes after it? It's exactly. like an hour or ten minutes of fucking lesbian bullshit there's, there's that I don't want to fucking. There's a lot of weird under like the 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 homoerotic you know overtones of this film are like they're there, but we're following so many characters and. Let's be honest, man. The narrative here is is Ass. clunky to the point of being confusing. To being confusing, and like me and John, I mean, we watch a shitload of Italian films. Don, were you a little bit confused with who some of the character was in this film? Yeah, and... I kept on getting several of them confused. Yeah, me too. Like especially with the like, what a dick bag. It's like you're mine, and it, if you it, don't like it, a... I'm going to send you back to the alley of the crack core or something. Yeah, this is a clunky, clunky development, man. Like the way the the narrative 
develops itself. It's really all over yeah. the place, and, and and you know, and to make things even worse, man, they try to get a little bit supernatural in this film. Where so the yeah, with that uh, seance scene, with the seance scene, which actually Listen. is kind of funny itself because we got some weird golf balls and eyes and like weird <laughs> shit happening in that scene. But like, it's like so fucking bizarre. The motives behind that, they're like trying to show these people. You know, kind of get in touch with in, in touch with their supernatural side, so they can make this better film and stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> this Unfortunately, so this film doesn't get better. Because it, it's, how the sad or, thing is, is that I actually would have wanted it to stay with the goofy zombie film that they were shooting at the beginning. Yeah, because I would have wanted to see that. Yeah, I, I know, actually right? would have wanted to Burying see the grounds, Knights of Terror 2, Land's End. <laughs> this one follows too many characters that we don't give a shit about, yeah. and too many subplots in the middle of the film, you know, Listen, intertwined you- with, you know, the main narrative. It's just, there's so much clunkiness in this one, it's uninteresting. I'm sorry. Listen, I'll tell you about 20 minutes left in this one, right? At this point, I'm lost. I really don't know who's who. I really don't know what's going on. I'm so bored. I literally had Carly start to read me the subtitles in different voices. I was like, can you just, <laughs> you just read these to me? I don't even feel like... Okay, now I'm convinced. Anymore. Now I'm convinced that Carly is your girlfriend because no just friend would do that for you. Well, you That's know, an yeah, amazing you know this, fucking girlfriend right thing? there. Would you She's a lesbian. My like, wife wouldn't even yeah. read those for me, man. My wife She's wouldn't even read those. She's a lesbo. <laughs> yeah. She's a carpet eater. Let me see what else the derogatory terms I could say. Uh, she's a lesbian. You know you're going to have to talk to her. Who's a lesbian? <laughs> uh, I already heard her feelings enough, so. Uh. Did you just call Carly a lesbian? Yeah. She is a lesbian. No, she's not. She is. For real? Isn't that what you told me, JP? Yeah. Dude, I didn't know that. I thought you were <laughs> fucking being a dick. No, she's going to be yeah, mad I mean, if I keep this up. She's not. Well, no, because I always thought that was the gimmick behind the show. She's your girlfriend and she wants to get involved in what you do for a living. You know what happened? No. Is she a they, lesbian or is she not a lesbian? They I'm were dead. You no, know this what? Is what? This it, is what happened. Is they there were... really a is or not? Is that really a thing? You know what, or man? Or are we just all people? This is what happened. They started dating <laughs> and she realized... <laughs> That she's dating JP and turned lesbian. All right. <laughs> Listen. All, all the bitches love me, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and their no, name starts no. with and their name rhymes with Mary. For for serious though, we're yeah. not dating. We're in a relationship. You guys aren't dating, you're in a relationship. I have no we're idea in a mean. relationship. We're in a relationship. Or in a relationship. We are not dating or in a relationship. So you're in a relationship. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jeremy. Are what you being re- you are you fucking about? retarded right now or something? Fucking with No. Him. We're really tight. We're good homies yeah. and stuff like that. Tight in the bed. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't really know what that means, but <laughs> we'll raise your hand it. if you think JP and, and Carly's bones. Me. <laughs> okay. Getting back I to Massacre. Okay, the development <laughs> in this film that leads us to the reveal because, of Because, you killer. know, right after, right after the end of Strip Nude for Your Killer, Carly's like, hmm. Okay. So does this I mean, make... Okay, he's does, like, will you be my killer make and I'll any, strip nude? I just want, I want to know your guys' thoughts. Jesus Christ. What are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing? Are we in a fucking podcast or what? No, we're making fun of movies for never mind. So explain this to me. The reveal who the killer is in this film, which I don't know why we're not revealing it right now because no one's gonna watch this movie anyways. Does it does the whole lead up 
make any sense with the, like apparently with his motives i have no idea where that <laughs> where the identity of the killer comes from because in like, my opinion exactly, it doesn't make any fucking sense it doesn't no it's just i like don't know pick- how you knew if it did or not no it literally because once you get the reveal of who the killer is i'm thinking back to myself and i'm going um okay but where was his motives for all the killings it didn't okay well i think i think here's the the one issue (laughs) i think that the the killings start after one issue what other issue the whole film has issues okay jeremy the name of all the issues this is the issue with the with the film you're tying in the first murder with the rest of the killings in the movie. Yes. And this is my, thank you, Don, because this is exactly what I'm referring to. Exactly. Right. Because there is no connection between that. That's, that's actually the whole twist of the movie. That's what the the parting shot of the film is. The parting shot of the film is that, you know, okay, spoiler alert, there's two killers. The guy that we see in the beginning, the red glove killer with the gaudy flash Miami vice shades. Yeah. Yeah. He's a separate killer. He's a separate oh, killer. Oh, shit. No shit. Yeah, that's who the guy at the, at the end, when you see the guy, they take the guy, they take the killer away. I just, you see, they flash up to the top of the camera and you see the guy flick the knife out. That's the second killer. The rest of the film, the killings that we see committed in this film are the result of the seance. That's where Jesus the Jesus Christ, that's How fucking fu- dumb. Yeah, the super. The, the, does Don know all this? The supernatural element, exactly. Yeah, because there's no info about it online, so because, you have to really like pay attention. Yeah, I know, right? No, 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 that's what because, I was because I was like, where the fuck is my Wikipedia Because somebody bait? gets possessed. Because somebody gets possessed by that seance, and then these killings happen. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's where the second. That's where the whole film comes from. The oh, second. Okay. The second killer is the one that we get the reveal of at the end. All right. Yeah. So basically, one out of four people understood what the fuck you tried to do in your movie. Exactly. Good job. <laughs> Jesus, this is more confusing if well, I didn't re- a lesbian or not. I didn't Jesus. realize that the the killing in the beginning was sep- I knew like the supernatural killing with the with the possession and stuff or whatever, and then the reveal. That's what I had. I didn't realize that there was the. I missed that. That's crazy. Yeah. See, that's- see, if moods misses it, then you know some shit's going down here. See, I knew the supernatural element <laughs> and a, the reveal we got, and I was like, okay, that makes you know whatever no sense. sense. But <laughs> but I was referring but I was relating those back to the the first killing, which is usually the point of the, the point of the goes. narrative, right? That's that's point A. That's point A. Yeah, or, right. or if it's not, then at least there's some exposition that lets you know why exactly. it wasn't connected. That's well, here, well, the, well, this is where the confusion comes from: is that the in, the detective is actually investigating who's committed those crimes. Yeah, yeah, that's not a separate right. He's been investigating that the whole time. They make a reference that this is like the third or the fourth killing in the spree. This you shit know. is fucking stupid. <laughs> no, they, they, they make a the detect the commissioner makes a statement that this is the third t- kill the third or fourth killing, and they have no idea when he's going to strike again. They're completely helpless. That's right. That's, that's right. why he yeah because he goes after the detective. You know, get me some leads. Arrest somebody. Yep. You know, he's that's where that comes from. He's been investigating that killer the whole time. But then the killings that take place on the film crew, that comes from the result of the seance sequence. 
Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine to do in a movie, but you have to make it cohesive. Right. Yeah. (laughs) This is... Because if you look at it from a formatic, you know, narrative, that really doesn't make any sense. I just don't know how you drop the ball so much because in in letting your audience know what's going on. I mean, I guess the information's there because Don picked it up, but when three avid film watches don't fucking follow it, you know, I feel feel like he... I got two-thirds out of that. I missed the whole... Yeah, you did better than me and Jeremy. I didn't realize that. Jeremy's over here, like, putting on our thumbs. I didn't realize the first part. I don't know what to say. All I know is that there's fucking more close-up shots of asses and other body parts in this movie than fucking the other two. Yeah. Yeah, That fucking close-up in the shower, like... With the dude in the broad and like you fucking he goes like full in extreme close up on her ass. And it's like Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, I actually didn't really care for that cinematography too much. It was like I don't know, man. It just it felt odd. Is this felt, shot on beta or it looks like it was shot on tape, dude. No. No? Nah? No, I don't think so. But, uh two point five for everybody. UFC ratings. Dude, I don't know why you're in such a rush, man. We're doing a fucking a live stream after this, so we might, Ew. <laughs> we might as well just chill, chill out. <laughs> Us four. Who's man. doing that? We're, do, we're doing a, we're doing a live stream on the Saturday what? night, man. When did this happen? Just right now. I got a date Facebook with Carly page. to go on. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I just I just came up with it right now. We're doing a live stream. Oh, I gotta go hang out with my girlfriend. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> Will that get me out of this? <laughs> no, I mean, I honestly stink. just, I, I literally have no thing to say about this movie. Like, I I don't have much. I well, mean, I if will you say, guys have I will say, say, please say more. I will say the last, I mean, the last 20 minutes actually aren't that bad. We get the boathouse scene yeah. and all that stuff that's going on in there. I think it's pretty atmospheric, actually. It's not too bad what's going on. From but- the 60-minute point onward. It's okay. Yeah, it is. It's but actually everything not bad. beyond it, it's fucking boring horseshit. I think the I think the development in the narrative in the middle part of the film is is really not great. Sure. It's really, <laughs> really not great. Um all right, who's first to lead off here? It would be Jeremy. Four out of ten. He doesn't fuck around. Don. Okay. It would be um, him. Uh, yeah, this is a pretty awful one. There's tons of problems. I do think it has some merit. I don't think it's necessarily one you should go out and find. If you happen to stumble upon it like us, I wouldn't be offended. I'd probably say five and a half. I am going to come in at a four and a half on this one. Dude. All right, so this movie did not capture any of my feels. It did not do damn thing for me. Like I was like nearly miserable throughout this movie. <laughs> uh, I tried to watch it, I believe, three times, and I was just like, "Jesus, I dude, can't, really? <laughs> I can't get into it. I can't." Because I, I watched Burial Grounds first, and then I tried watching this, and then I was like. Now I watch Strip Nude, and I started watching Strip Nude, and then I had a copy of this. I didn't have Strip Nude with me where I was, so I was like, "Let me watch this again." 
I couldn't get into it. So the third time I watched it over Carly's, I was able to finish it. And uh, man, dude, like this movie is just there's there's nothing in it for me at all. Like well, I Carly did not, was like, like man, I, w- I want to stop having sex with you, so we might as well watch Massacre. No, no, yes, yes, no, yes. Nobody wants to stop having sex with me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, it's Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> she would rather watch Massacre than no, fuck she would. So that should say something. <laughs> that that is not true. <laughs> yeah, okay. Jesus Carly's going to hate us. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> you think this is bad just wait till she gets on. No, do you want kidding. do you want me to film us having sex? She was probably one of the ones it? that left one of those feedbacks about you need to tone it down on the show. <laughs> and he no, found out so now he's really bitter. <laughs> I don't know how much I give. You want to know what you care? Zero point zero. I I'm actually shocked at how high you guys came in, man. This is a two out of ten. Two, two. Oh, he's just relentless on this one. Two, two out of ten. Holy shit! It's worse than Halloween Resurrection. Hey, that two point. It's the better rating than Carly gives your sex. So, no, uh, <laughs> no dude, she I'll, gets I'll like an it. eight point five at least. Honestly, nah. man, it still had the sleaze factor. It had some decent bitches in it. It had. You know, one of my biggest one of my biggest problems with this film Jeremy though, was in this movie. Is oh, Carly's lesbian, so she wanted to see some bitches, so I she's like, I want to watch Massacre. I think one of my biggest problems with this film is that this hasn't been mentioned yet, but most of the kills are off screen. This is a faulty yeah. prevent prevents <laughs> faulty prevents film. Faulty I wouldn't surprise prevent, me if it's a faulty prevents. Prevent that would make more film. sense. And the fucking Pre- most of the kills, prevented this shit from getting out. Most of the fucking kills in this film are off screen, and that's such a shame. I think there's a lot of missed opportunity in this one. You know, even if the the narrative's a little bit not cohesive and it's kind of bland and shit, I think if the kills had been on screen, I think it would have kept our attention. Yeah, it a little probably could have. It probably could have knocked that, knocked the, brought the attention up. Especially like you said, you know, you've got the triple kill in the boathouse. You know, yeah. seeing that on screen. Yeah. This yeah. should have been a hall painter, guys. Sorry. I, oof. Oof. Eight. Ten. It's a hall of painting. It's a ten. Oh, my God, Jeremy. Your what? math is so bad. Between the three of us, that's ten and a half. And it has to oh, be God. under ten. It has to be a nine and a half Two, at least. Four. That's four, five, six. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's snap math. That's snap math. <laughs> Come on, dude. Anyways. All right. That is going to yeah, conclude. Man. That is going to conclude week two. Wait, wait! I didn't even get to talk about. I wanted to say this in the intro. I did something really cool last night. You fucked Carly. Did you masturbate? Not at first. Did after. you masturbate with sandpaper? Because I'm telling no. you, that's good stuff. <laughs> no. Okay. Listen. So I went and seen a Nightmare on Elm Street on 35 millimeter in a theater. All with, right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 121 with Carly. <laughs> It was awesome. She doesn't like it for some reason. She's a fake Elm Street fan. What? Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold the phone call. Yeah. She doesn't like Elm Street? She likes it, but she doesn't, like, see it for its greatness. Like, she's like, yeah, it's pretty good. Like, 8 out of 10. I'm like, dude, this is, like, one of the scariest damn things I... I love. This is one of my favorite experiences I've ever had watching a movie in a Damn. theater. Damn, literally, the print was so scratched. With what? 
Hatchet? So, hatchet four. So well, we that had, was. So we had another great yeah. one. He, it doesn't yeah, mean he like, can't have I another one. Am I not allowed one. to have two amazing experiences in the same year? You just said the same. Like it was like the best experience. No, I said no. I said it was one. Hatchet is the best. This was one of the best. Mm-hmm. And then Phantasm was another one of the best. I'd say those three are, are up there. I like the Goonies too, but that's not horror. Um, but yeah, the thir- the thirty five millimeter print was super scratchy. Depends but if you're talking to Corey clear. Feldman or not. <laughs> Wait, he didn't get molested on Goonies. Yes, he did by Steven, Steven Spielberg. No. <laughs> no, Sean Astin did. He, he molested him. <laughs> They're the same age. I know, it's really hey. weird. It's really weird. Anyway, so, um, yeah, it was a great time. Uh, afterwards, um, what did we do, Jeremy? Uh, three some with Jerry? No, Jesus! What Jerry's not even around me. <laughs> Watch him Elm Street, man. So okay, let me ask you uh, something. Let me ask you something. Has yeah. she seen all the sequels? Like, has she seen the whole franchise? Yeah, she she <laughs> likes part two and three better than part one. She likes part two more than one. Yeah. What? And Jeremy, I show literally all my friends my dick, so that's not even. <laughs> I haven't seen your dick. Don't You're not my friend either. Don, Don, let me ask. <laughs> let me ask you something, man. <laughs> that was funny. Don, let me ask you: Are you are you a fan of like American franchises, like you know Elm Street and? Yeah. Yeah. I I love I love all that stuff. Yeah. What's uh, what's your favorite franchise? Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, you're a Friday. Course. You're a Friday boy. Yeah, I'm actually a nightmare. I'm, I'm a nightmare person, man. I'm Freddy is my listen. It, I, I, I always say that Friday is my favorite and shit. But dude, I love Elm Street. Like it's right up there. You know, yeah, my boy Jay, I got to give it to him. But I, if if Freddy would have had maybe my more boy films, Jay, what yeah. a fucking loser. <laughs> loser. <laughs> Has anybody ever said that to you? My boy Jay. He's yeah. a fucking character. Did you bro. not hear five minutes ago? His mom was yelling. I heard it on the mic. Jeremy, yeah. you're a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, name one of your friends. And it can't be one us. Name. Taylor. <laughs> Scout Compton? You're friends with you're friends with her? Um, but anyway, so yeah, uh she likes the um Part two and three. I love. I love Elm Street. I love. I, I. I love. Honestly, most of them, um, except for probably the remake and Wes Craven's New Nightmare. But I even have soft spot for Freddy's Dead. Uh, yeah, it was a blast, man. If I could only see Dream Warriors in the theater, that would be, that would be my ticket right there. You know, that's a good question, but, man. Don, what is your ultimate film to watch in the in the cinema? What would you like to see on the big screen? Oof. Uh, I would probably have. I think it'd be a blast. Would probably go see Dead Alive. Really? <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. That's screen tear. I know mine. I think. What I think Dead Alive would. Dead Alive would be a lot of fun to go watch. Uh the thing seventy millimeter. That's your number one. The thing yeah. seventy millimeter. Yeah. Do you even like the thing? Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Yeah." <laughs> Dude, that shit on He's like, "Man, I heard it looked really good on seventy millimeter. That's my number one." Dude, fucking epic, bro. <clears throat> Dude, I love that print of Elm Street. It had like so much scratches. Is it better than Halloween. Like... 
oh, it's way better than Halloween. Like, it ha- it didn't have any weird colors or anything. It was just really scratchy. When I saw Stone Party was... Massacre, it had, like, this pink tint to it. It looked like total asshole. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was one of those prints that actually looked good and clear, but just had so many scratches. Best, like, best print I've ever seen. Serpent in the Rainbow. Hands fucking down. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, that would be a cool one to see. But best yeah, look, uh, best looking film I've seen. So, Incredible. so we had a lot of fun on date night, and uh, <laughs> gave it yeah. to her good afterwards on date night. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. So, what do you got coming up? Are you, uh, you going to dates? Are you going to go see Gremlins? <laughs> are you going to go see Gremlins? Um, uh, maybe. I don't. Uh, <laughs> you have the movie pass. Get, what, what does it matter, a, dude? It's not a money thing. Like you get in there for get fucking a, ten bucks. You got to get a riot mm. going on the AMC page for fucking you, dude. Uh, I know I'm bummed about that, but you know I didn't expect them to actually get it because it's like that's such a I can't imagine them putting that poster in the lobby. <laughs> 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 like especially when they they do try to keep it family friendly. They're they're a huge chain, obviously AMC, you know. Um, but it's unfortunate. But I'll I call them and yell at them. Yeah. Be like, uh. Can I have the showtimes for Silent Night Deadly Night on December 25th? Oh, sir, we don't have that. But but this Mexican told me it was going to play. Yeah. Somebody actually commented on it. It was like, I was, surpri- I was surprised. I thought Silent Night Deadly Night won. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <clears throat> They're playing Stand By Me. Oh, that's, that's pretty actually- cool. You know what, man? I actually, saw, I actually saw that movie in the cinema when it first came out. Yeah, and it scared the shit out of you, right? It did. Yeah, we've heard that. Well, fuck it. Maybe Dawn hasn't. You guys are are such dicks, man. Ray Brower's dead face (laughs) is still terrifying to me, man. Christ, Mm. dude. I was only like five years old, man. It was fucked up. (laughs) What kind of dad takes their fucking kid to that shit, man? Corey Feldman? I saw Saw when I was 10. But I was five, dude. (laughs) That's a big age difference. Damn. Damn. Uh, I seen The Lion King when I was four. Oh, three. nobody gives a shit. That movie's scary too, damn it. <laughs> no, it's not. No, yeah, it's huh? not. Scar's fucked up and the hyenas, and they eat him. All right. I can't believe you're talking about The Lion King. You gotta go watch the fights and stuff. So, you know what? On I, that dude, note... By the way, you fuckers, you know I have the fights recorded. Like, I don't, I'm don't. i not, like, missing... But we're that. doing a live stream after this, right? Yeah, we're doing a live stream. I don't know what the we, fuck I'm gonna rush for. Hip-hop witch? I'd do that shit. No, no, no! Not the hip hop witch, man. We're just gonna fucking sit here and bullshit. I, I'm, a, I can live stream. It's not like I can't watch the fights while live streaming. I'll do that shit. But yeah. I'm just saying that. Get it out of the way. I'm just saying that. We're halfway done. I do done my outro now. <laughs> we're halfway done with the Italian Horror Month. It's already halfway over. I know, man. It's it's actually kind of bumming me out a little bit. Yeah. Already not halfway me. done, but first, like not me. first, I never first up before again. Jeremy gets into his shitty ass outro, I want to thank Don for coming on the show. You know what, man? You did great, dude. You're welcome yeah, back. Thanks for having any, me, guys. And even though this was kind of a very unconventional show, we we actually skipped a lot of our normal segments. We didn't do what we watched. We didn't box office. Bro, there was a few things we didn't do. That sucks because I did an Italian month just to prepare for you guys. See, I told you he would have been fine with what we watched. Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right? Shit. But this is good, though, man. We kept it. But now yeah. we do know. But we do know. But you know what, Don? But it doesn't matter. Welcome back anytime. Any do you, would, you, would you be willing to come back on the show sometime? 
Absolutely, man. Say the word, I'll be there. Did you okay. have fun, or do you find us obnoxious and annoying? Not just Jeremy. I'm still here, so what do you know. think? <laughs> this, episode, this, this episode is really bad on the annoying scale on my part, I have to say. Like, I know I'm going to get so much shit for this episode for being fucking annoying. I just know I it's going to happen. Carly's probably going to be <laughs> upset with you. I'll say this, Jeremy. I'm still here, so let's, let's just say that. I'm still here. All right. All right. All right. I was super bad. This you, you know what's fucked up is Carly could probably beat your ass. Probably. A fly could beat my ass. Not- <laughs> At least he admits it, though. That's good. That's good. It's it's very noble. It's noble. Yeah. Anybody could beat my ass. It's not like it's a fucking shocker. Shocker. <laughs> shocker. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 121 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. So if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you could do so at youtube.com slash moods. Six oh, dude, six. make sure you give Don a chance to plug his show. Shut up. I'm going to fucking do it, bro. <laughs> just just <laughs> making sure. You're really bad at the intro, so I like to help don't you don't even out know what I was going to say. I had a fucking joke lined up and everything, and you fucking ruined it. <laughs> if you want to follow that no good fucking douchebag JP, you can do so at youtube.com slash J. And so you can follow me on my channel at youtube.com slash nesruler22. And if you want to follow Don's podcast, what the fuck's the name of it? Uh, Horror Mafia. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was. I'm just kidding. That was my no, joke. No, no, he legitimately Horror, forgot what it was. No, no, no. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I had it all prepared and everything. Damn it. Or check him out on the Horror Feeling Network. You should be on there anyway. Fuck. Now I'm off my flow. And, you ain't got no flow to be off of it. Ugh. If you have any questions, you can leave us an email at 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. That's 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. And so as you can leave us a voicemail, but according to the questionnaire, nobody cares. 724-426-6665. Please follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22shotspodcast. Join us on the Facebook page, facebook.com. Search for 22 shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. And always please support the Patreon to get the sand sucked out of my vagina. Patreon.com slash 22shotspodcast. That should do it for episode 121 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. We'll be back next week with some fucking dude I don't care about on episode 122. Name? I don't know his name. What's his name? <laughs> oh, look at me. Massimo Dalamano. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Massimo Dalamano, man. <laughs> I've reviewed just, two of the films already. Just on think podcast. about suck my wiener when you can't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you. You can't forget that shit. It might be the most Italian thing I ever heard. What? Massimo Massimia. Massimo Dalmana. All right. See you later.